Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Roll Up. I am Sam Fain, and I'm joined, of course, by Todd Dershel. We are here this week with uh, an awesome episode, I think, personally. I'm really happy about it and thrilled to share it with you. We've got a fantastic interview with Dylan Hales from IWTV, Southern Underground Pro, Action, numerous other promotions. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, but uh, before we get to the interview, uh, it's time for the opening bell. Todd, what's going on with Phil Singer Games this week? All right, so big week uh, this past week. Uh, we finally got everything all uh, sent out to everybody uh, the, the, the previous week here, and uh, now we're gearing up uh, to do it all over again with uh, the next uh, <laughs> round of releases there. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to you know, coming up this weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday, we have the Road to Galacticon kickoff. You know, we're going to be all pointing to the Galacticon sign during this event and uh it's gonna be great um yeah so we have uh on saturday it's gonna be uh in legends and indies uh from two to five eastern uh and then on sunday two to five eastern it's gonna be champions of the galaxy so uh tournaments planned uh and as well as just discussions on everything and uh some new artwork and teasers gonna be shown there and it's free to attend so come out and hang with us before you know, the big uh, show starts at night or, you know, as we say, we're going to be talking uh, to Dylan uh, Hales at IWTV. Have IWTV on another screen during it. It's going to be, I know on Saturday, they're going to be having a show, um, uh, Tony Deppen's Beerhausen. And I think there's a Beyond show after that as well. So we'll probably have it on the second screen here. I know, uh, I know Zeke will uh, be as well, uh, be watching <laughs> there as he's doing his indie panel, which is, which will be great. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I mean, there's going to be so much cool stuff uh, to to watch on IWTV um, starting on the 8th. And of course, we're going to talk a lot more about that. But uh, this weekend will be just a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. It's always so much fun to be able to host the panels, ask questions. Uh, as always, I want to certainly open things up to uh, anyone listening. So hit me up with a uh, you know message, uh, either a direct message, private message, whatever they called on the message boards, uh, or of course, even even just, you know, post in response to the thread uh, that this episode gets posted under. Uh, feel free to, you know, hit us up with any questions you might have for the Legends team, for the Indies team, um, you know, for for the COTG teams. Um, you know, try to keep them away from, you know, the standard sort of like, when are we going to get this guy? When are we going to get that guy? Uh, you know, think a little bit more outside the box, a little bit more creatively. Um, think about, you know, what, what, what goes into the process of, of creating some of these characters stats-wise. Um, you know, any kind of creative questions I think will always be uh, much appreciated by the team. So feel free to hit us up with those. Um, but of course, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I will say with these panels, it's up to you, promoter. Tom always says it, and it, it's true here. You know, whatever you want to say, we're going to talk about. So yeah, definitely contribute, be part of it. You know, we'll be monitoring stuff there, but get it out ahead of time. So make sure, you know, we're, we're talking about what you want to hear about. Yeah. And of course, I'll always be paying attention to the chat, too. So if anybody comes up with a question on the fly in response to something that said, please feel free, you know, just 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 type it in, ask it. I'll, I'll uh, try and get them in as much as I can. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun and it's free. It's free. Did we mention it was free? Um, <laughs> so, 
and uh, yeah, all the releases now are, are out uh, in the world. They've been mailed. If you haven't picked yours up yet, head over to the website, fullseriegames.com. You can pick up the IWTV set, which we'll talk about here uh, in just a minute. Of course, there's also the War Games 2091 Reimagined set, and, and of course, the Legends Expansion 7, which uh, includes eight talents from the Pioneer era uh, of wrestling. Some amazing names like Frank Gotch, George Hackenschmidt, Ed Strangler Lewis, and Evan Strangler Lewis as well. Uh, People are loving those charts too. Yeah. yeah. The uh, charts are really loving like the style with it. I, I, I love it. So they adapted it to a completely different match style than anything we've had. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to definitely I think, be I think using those charts the a indies. lot. I think it would even work on the indies too. We get, you know, we're going to, you know, there's some cool stuff that's going on right now as far as grappling and stuff like that. Just having that different style match, um, whether you do it for like a, your rules type of thing or you know some other uh different uh stuff that's going on uh, throughout the, the indies now that people are experimenting with I, I think it's great yeah i completely agree uh and that's one of the things in our interview that we'll, we'll talk a bit about with sort of the you know no pun intended paradigm shift uh that, that we might yeah. be seeing uh, especially <laughs> on the independence um but yeah the charts are, are game changers i i'm struggling with whether or not i want to kind of create a, a, a singular fed uh, based around those charts with only wrestlers who, you know, don't have death jumps, that sort of stuff. Uh, or if, if I just want to be able to use them whenever in, in the feds that I already have, um, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll do like some tournaments, um, which I know you'll appreciate Todd. Uh, of that'll course. be based purely around, you know, those kind of wrestlers and those kind well, of things. We'll, we'll be but, doing that this Saturday too, uh, on the legends one, the one right there. I think it'll be, if I'm not mistaken, two forty-five. we're aiming for it there. Uh, we'll, we'll be a vintage style one. So we'll see how many people we have. It might just be the eight characters in the set, or we might expand a little bit more. I think, yeah, you know, I think we'll maybe get a couple more than that. There's some great uh, other guys you can throw in, and you can even have fun and throw in the old wrestling guys if you want to. Uh, yeah, to, you know, just theirs. I think that would be, you know, a fun, fun uh, federation to run. No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, well, hey, you know, it's always an exciting time of year when there's new releases out. Uh, it's exciting that, that we're having yet another virtual con. Um, so I look forward to seeing everybody there and getting to chat. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, too, was that, uh, you know, the con itself will obviously be from two to five. But if folks want to stick around afterwards, chat. Yeah, yeah. Out, it, the, the room will watch be along. <laughs> if you want to watch along to, you know, what's going on the rest of the night, I think we'll have it up. But I probably won't be on all the time i'll leave it on there i'll probably pop in and out i think some of the other people uh, uh staff will probably jump in now especially on i would assume saturday night in particular we'll probably be hanging out a little bit more yeah it, it could get hopping it could get crazy it could get wacky um so we look forward to seeing you all there talking to everybody i, I know that the the past few have been a lot of fun uh you know and even for me personally have just been uh you know uh, kind of uplifting great great experiences and, and really enjoyable and, and getting to talk with people and you know some of the uh the conversations and relationships that have spun out of those uh, events has been a lot of fun so even if we can't get together in person it's nice to know that we can still kind of do that relationship building and, and have that creative exchange of ideas and, and then also just be able to talk about something that we love so um It'll be a good time, like it always is. Uh, speaking of a good time, uh, like I said, the, the main event uh, of this particular episode is, is a rather lengthy interview with Dylan Hales, IWTV employee, promoter, and booker for Southern Underground Pro, SUP, and Action. Um, SUP, of course, is based in Nashville, Tennessee. Action is based uh, in uh, just outside of Atlanta, uh, in Tyrone, Georgia. Yep. And uh, he uh, also uh, does commentary uh, for both of those promotions. He's done commentary for uh, just a, a litany of other promotions um, and has uh, booked 
uh, a number of, of special events. Um, Todd, you're a little bit more familiar with those. Yeah, I mean, I'm being the tournament master. I have to know about the <laughs> uh, the, the, the SCI tournament. The um, uh, there's a number of different, uh, I think, an annual uh, fundraising tournament that they do, and then it's kind of spurred some other different events throughout the year in conjunction uh, with you know some local charities down in uh, Chattanooga. And you can watch all those on IWTV too, which he'll he'll mentions uh, you know some of the other things that uh, he's involved with that have been up there. Yeah. So uh, again, we just had a really great conversation, and uh, you know, initially, just to to let everyone know right off the bat, we were gonna think, you know, oh, he's gonna give us about forty five minutes of his time. That's gonna be great. We talked for two hours, uh, <laughs> uh, just about two hours anyway. Uh, but it's yeah, worth we, your time. We, we've we've been trying to get the, the 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 podcast, you know, within like that tight forty five. We're always looking for it. We'll get there. You know, we'll see. Maybe people don't want us to be there, but you know, at least we'll try to get it a little bit less than this in the future. But you know, I think in the, we'll we'll be having different interviews coming up on roll up in the future. Some of them might be expanded ones like this one. Some of them might be shorter, maybe even combination ones. But you know, this is another type of episode that we're going to bring you occasionally throughout uh, throughout uh, the, the the coming months. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things, too, that I will uh, I'll add in real quick is that in the future, you know, we might break things up over uh, two episodes. Uh, we might find other ways of, of presenting the content, uh, even beyond just the podcast, um, you know, to, to, to maybe keep our, our runtime a little lower. But in this instance, uh, for, for a number of reasons, it was absolutely the right thing to do to just keep the, the entire interview uh, unedited and commercial free. Uh, so we, we wanted to bring that to you. Uh, and we hope you enjoy uh, Dylan Hales. More recently, the, you know, these past couple of years, there's been a lot on your plate. So I'm just curious, how do you how do you keep it all balanced? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, uh, that, many people would argue that I don't keep it balanced, <laughs> but uh, the 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 reality is that um, I am somebody who is fortunate enough to work in independent professional wrestling. Um, as a job, as like an actual, you know, way to, way to live. And it requires a lot of work. I work all the time, either as an IWTV employee, um, which does take up the bulk of my time. Uh, but, but, uh, also as somebody who has creative pursuits, does commentary, things like that, um, both in SUP and action and for a long time with scenic city as well. And then, you know, some other projects here and there as well. Um, in fact, now, in addition to that, I also help out like here at TW Chattanooga, which is like my local indie. So there's actually some other stuff I do that probably is lesser known. <laughs> so if anything, it's more than than that. But um, you know, I I I, I love wrestling. Um, for a long time, it was my primary hobby. Um, uh, you know, once something becomes when something sort of transitions from hobby into job, there's, there's, there's some complications that come with that. But, you know, as somebody who worked in retail for a long time and tutored for a long time, did a lot of other things. um, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. The balance is difficult, but really in a way you kind of get to cheat a little bit. I mean, one thing about being an IWTV employee is that I kind of have to pay attention to wrestling from all over the place a little bit closer than maybe some other people involved in promoting and booking do where, you know, um, I'm not saying that others don't plenty others do, but I think for a lot of people, you, you kind of, 
you might not see guys. You hear about them from word of mouth or you maybe somebody that's a student at your school, if you have a school tells you or somebody that, you know, you trust on your roster tells you. Whereas if you're in my position, I think you're probably a little bit more likely to see some of these guys relatively early on, which gives you a kind of a jump on some talent and give, maybe gives you some ideas about creative things you can't or can't in some case do. Because one of the things about wrestling is sometimes the things you don't do are actually more important things you do do. But that's um, sort of a separate topic. But um, yeah, so I, it is a balance, but in a, in a weird way, it's kind of, there's sort of a symbiotic relationship too. Um, uh, you know, this is going to be a very, very Dylan Halesy thing to say as, as I just, re- as I just referenced myself, man, that's, that's so bad, <laughs> but that's, that's like, the, that's really bad. I, I apologize for that. And for anybody who subjected themselves to listening to that part, I apologize, but thanks for listening anyway. But the, uh, the, the, like, it, it, it reminds me of sort my IWTV work is, it sort of reminds me of, uh, there's this great book by the, by, uh, this academic named James C. Scott called the art of not being governed, which is about this, these, the people on the, um, this area of the world, I think it's called zone Zonia or Zonea. It's like this gigantic long sort of plateauish region in Indochina, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, he, anyway, the, the point I'm getting at is he describes how these people that seemingly have clashes, um, uh, the Hills people that seemingly have clashes with people that live in the valleys, are actually engaged in a sort of weirdly symbiotic relationship so that their stress points actually feed each other's success points as well. And that's kind of how I feel sometimes <laughs> with my, my IWTV work where the things that stress me out sometimes about just, you know, any job um, uh, kind of help me with other aspects of, of the creative process was up and action and vice versa, you know, where some of the things that stress me out about, stuff in action actually helped me with my work with IWTV. So um, it is a balancing act, but it's, it, it's, it's probably not as bad for me as it, as it, as uh, it could be. I, yeah. I, 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 I figured it out, I think. Well, it sounds to me like there's not a whole lot of compartmentalizing that goes on that at all. Like you said, it kind of feeds off of, of, of itself. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's in a way it's one big thing, not to say that you don't have, you know, kind of separate space in your brain for, you know, for each thing that you're working on, but that it, it, it's all part of a larger picture. You know, it's like a painter, you know, a painter who's working on a painting. It's like, you know, they can focus on that one piece of the painting, but at the end of the day, they're painting a whole picture, not just, you know, the, the man in the yellow hat. I don't yeah, know why I said a, the man in the yellow hat, yeah. but. <laughs> no, that's right. That's a good, that's actually a, a pretty good comparison. Like it, it's one of these things where um, this is like, uh, so, so when you're thinking like, obviously I do commentary several places, uh, most notably the places I'm involved with. And there's a good reason for that, but that's neither here nor there. But the, the, uh, the, the thing about doing commentary is you sort of notice things that you wouldn't otherwise notice because you're doing commentary. I, I always say that, like, I feel like, um, a commentator should see the problems and the successes in a match psychology more than anybody, because your job is to communicate the narrative and the story and to find one, even if the wrestlers aren't necessarily giving you a whole lot to work with your that's still your job is to, is to, is to find one. So you should really have a, like a total command of that, um, uh, of psychology in like a holistic way, um, sometimes maybe even to an annoying degree, but that's another situation where, again, that aspect of what I do also helps with 
my IWTV work, which helps with some of the creative process because like everything works together. I think, uh, for me, I, I, I feel like, um, I would be less good at what I do in each of these jobs if I wasn't also doing the other thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a necessary component. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, one of the other interviews that I was that I was listening to, uh, that I think you did with um, uh, Bald Monkeys, the uh, uh, one comment that you made about violence is forever and uh, the Bitcoin boys, and, and about kind of like the you know the mentor mentee relationship, and, and and like as soon as you mentioned that, it it, it kind of sold the match for me uh, at you know are, are these our lives um, because it just there, there's something about that that you even mentioned in, in the interview uh, about how you know that that usually presents a chemistry. Um, and, and yet it invested me in a way that kind of went beyond that. And it wasn't necessarily like a focus of the match. It wasn't even something that was like brought up, you know, in the commentary, but it was enough for me kind of even off stage to just get me interested and hooked. And I think that, you know, that's part of the job too, that, you know, when you're, when you're working as a promoter, um, being able to kind of latch onto pieces like that. And, and, and it really just helps to get people invested, which ultimately it's the same thing with commentary. Like you're saying, you know, you're, you're helping to tell this story or find a story when there might not necessarily be one. And, and it's all storytelling in the end. And it's just a question of how you kind of help create that narrative. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, you, you do a great job of that. So that kind of brings me to, to my next question, because it's, it's clear that you have, um, you know, a great knowledge of pro wrestling. I, I mean, you'll, you'll bring up stuff on commentary sometimes from, you know, like the territories of the seventies or, you know, early eighties <laughs> or stuff like that. You'll bring up stuff that, that, that happened, you know, last month. And, and, and so how, you know, that, that kind of appreciation for wrestling and your knowledge of wrestling, at what point did it, did it become clear to you that you were going to be able to use that to make a living and it not just be a hobby? Oh, uh, very late. So, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 39 now. I turned 40 in August. Um, I really didn't get in the business business until my mid thirties. I was, I guess, 33 ish, maybe we'll, we'll say 33 ish, I guess was around the time where I really started to crack 33, 34 was around the time where I really started to crack in. I mean, um, you know, for years and years now, I was an obsessive sort of tape trader and an obsessive, you know, um, uh, footage collector. And, and I, I hesitate to call myself like a historian because I'm not one of these guys who was really in, you know, going, checking out the archival content and libraries and doing that kind of work. I mean, I have done a little bit of that. I've not done none of it, but I, that was not like the guys who are really great at that and have been do doing it for, for years and years and years and years and years. Um, I would not put myself even near what they do. I, I think, but I was kind of a, a, a for a while I was a, 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 sort of a pro wrestling history aggregator, uh, you know, and I had been involved with, you know, sort of message board culture really since its infancy on the internet. I mean, I was an RSPW guy, which is way, 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 way back. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're talking like the dark ages by internet standards. Um, and uh, so I had sort of come up through that ecosystem, but I never had any belief that anything that I was ever going to be involved. I mean, I, I tape traded with some people who became wrestlers and even sometimes were wrestlers when I started trading with them. And I knew that. And through the message boards, you start to meet some people here and there, especially through the independents. Cause that's, you know, 
the, the joke now is that like the Death Valley Driver Board uh, uh, sort of <laughs> had this unbelievable influence on pro wrestling. And, 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 and honestly, that's not really that false because there's a lot of yeah. us who are doing things in wrestling that were heavily, that came through that board and were basically DVDVR junkies for a long time. But, sure. um, but I, don't, I don't think there was never a point where my transition into becoming somebody involved in wrestling was, was a problem. I mean, I guess this is more normal than others, you know, like are, 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 are not as abnormal as it seems to me rather, but like it, it was a very slow, gradual process from super fan to super fan. Who's increasingly got some friends in and around wrestling who will occasionally listen to my criticisms of this, that, and the other thing and not want to smack me in the head to, um, guy who gets randomly asked to do commentary and says no to somehow getting myself involved in the scenic city invitational, literally almost on accident as I, it was a situation where I was advising all three of the co-bookers independent of each other. And then they just sort of asked me if I wanted to be involved <laughs> and sure. um, to, I, I think the big difference, and this will sound obnoxious, but I don't really care because I, I believe that it's simply true. I think, the, I think the big difference is I just worked obsessively at building my projects. And because I worked obsessively at building my project, like when I decided to get involved on the independent level, my big project, my big thing was I was tired of Southern independent wrestling talent and promotions having no visibility because there was no infrastructure in place to get their product out beyond the, the 60 to 200 to sometimes 400 people, if you're really lucky people that showed up for a given event, I was tired of all that stuff being memory hold for perpetuity. And I really just couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore, you know? Um, and I thought that there was a way we could build something better. Um, if we utilized our strong points and everybody, and, uh, I certainly don't think I deserve, you know, all the credit or even most of the credit or even all that much credit at all for it. But the, but one thing I will say is that that was like the vision that sort of drove me. And, um, that fed directly into what at the time powerbomb was doing powerbomb.tv, which of course right. has become IWTV. Um, it is IWTV is in fact, a technique, a, really a totally different company, but it, that the origin story is in powerbomb. And, uh, from very early on, I was involved in powerbomb. Uh, and then, of course, my involvement, much like my involvement on the independent level, it just sort of gradually grew. And then one day, a couple of years ago, this was my job. Uh, you know, it was it was not there's not like there wasn't like a light switch moment. It wasn't it was it was really a very gradual thing. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate, especially, uh, you know, given given the the overall landscape and, and, you know, how chaotic the last year in particular has been, you know, for a lot of people when it comes to employment, I've, I've been very, very fortunate, but, uh, it is a lot of work though. I tell you, I tell and this is not a complaint, but when you've got promotions on five different continents, like we do, and you've got hundreds of promotions, literally thousands of hours of content, arch- archival content that we, that we still don't even have public yet that will eventually be rolled out in some cases. Um, uh, tons and tons of existing content, live streams every week, new content. When you've got that much going on, like there is never, I, I, this is not a joke. There is never a day where I don't work. I mean, I may, I may not work eight hours every day. Don't get me wrong, but there, sure. there is, there, there, there is never a day where I'm not doing something. 
you know, yeah. uh, it, it is, it is a constant, it's a constant thing and that's okay. I, I like to stay busy, but it is definitely a constant thing to make sure that our customer base is getting what they paid for and to make sure that our partner promotions are getting the actual partnership that they signed up for. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine that, that, that it's not always easy, you know, in those, in those instances. And, you know, when you are working with so many different promotions, I'm sure there's a lot of personalities at the table, but uh, um, I, I, I just find that to be an, an awesome story, frankly, because I think that there are a lot of people, um, you, you know, that uh, haunted message boards that traded tapes uh, that, that hung out after shows that, you know, knew a wrestler or knew somebody that was training or whatever. And they, and they never really necessarily did anything with it. And that's not a knock, you know, maybe that's just not where their drive was or you know, where their talents lie. But uh, it's just cool to, to hear that uh, because I think that there are a lot of people um, you know, even like myself that, that have, have put a, a lot of work into it and, you know, are looking for ways to kind of, you know, make that, make that work pay off in one way or another. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons why I started a podcast. Um, and, and I, one thing that I do want to mention that I always find really interesting is, is because I've said the same thing as you have about not being a historian. Um, and I had two different people who I would definitely consider historians, Scott Teal and Rock Rims, um, say to me that as far as they were concerned, anybody who's doing the research and sharing the knowledge and out there trying to keep those things alive is a historian. So like you mentioned in commentary recently, you mentioned Pac Song and like, like comparing some, some chops or whatever that you saw to Pac Song. And I just thought to myself, there are going to be people that are watching this that have no clue who he's talking about. And they're going to go Google it and they're going to find out. And as far as I'm concerned, like what you did in commentary was the same job that a historian who writes a book does not on that level. I agree with you. Like it's, you know, you're not doing the same thing that somebody like Tim Hornbaker goes out and writes a book about the, you know, buddy Rogers is doing or whatever, but it's still, it, it's still, you're sharing something. And I think that that's an incredible thing to do because it's one of the ways that keeps the art form alive. Otherwise it happens in a vacuum and, you know, and everybody's just going to tune into raw every Monday and not pay attention to anything else, you know? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, and I've had other, I've had historians, um, Tell me the same thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so I get it. And well, the irony is I, I went to college to be a historian that, you know, that I, I'm, that's technically what I majored in, but I still don't see myself as a wrestling historian because I don't do <laughs> that, that degree of archival research. Um, although I oddly enough did do some on wrestling when I was actually in college. But again, I still like, to me, there is a distinction, but I do think that you're right in the sense of, um, keeping a like uh when you're when there is a preservationist aspect to like i mean I, that's what iwtv is in a lot of ways i Absolutely. mean it, 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 it is it is a, a, like it's not solely that obviously we're, we're catering and marketing to the existing independent universe which we have tons of, uh, of providers all the time putting out new content every single week but a big part of what we're doing is also preserving the historical record. You know, you can go back in our archives right now and watch like ECWA Super 8 events or Mid-American Wrestling events from the mid and early 90s. You know, it's stuff like that. I mean, that's that's stuff that you can watch right now in a second. Um, and uh, that is uh, ultimately, I think it's already arguably um has has incalculable value if you do have a sort of historian's mindset but imagine what that's going to be like another 10 20 years you know like yeah. the like the 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 generation i'm from you know i was raised on pwi and and you know vhs tapes and stuff like that it's almost unimaginable that we've come this far and uh but you, you still have to you you <sighs> 
just having the technology doesn't mean you, you still have to have the curation. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a part of it. And um, there is a historical process involved there. There IWTV and commentary too, like you said, I mean, there is absolutely a, a, um, there's sort of a, a at the very least, there's a lineage um, for lack of a better term of like important performers or, or significant things. I mean, like, I, I'm such a nerd and some of the stuff I say, I'm sure people think, God, this is irrelevant. Why does it matter? But, but, but some of it is because I do want to pay homage to people who I think deserve it. Maybe they didn't get their due. Um, and some of it is because I actually do think it is relevant. You know, like, yeah. the, like one of the things that I, like, I often say that I know sometimes it has to elicit eye rolls is like when I talk about how, you know, Ed, Ed Strangler Lewis finished people with a headlock. Right. I, if, that's that's not just a wrestling factoid it's also okay maybe we can put some gravitas on this now traditional and sort of almost standard and boring to some people wrestling hold if we treat it as a serious thing that actually matters that's part of a lineage that has meaning then maybe it won't be so boring to some people who are maybe more adhd for like a better way of putting sure. it, what their wrestling tastes are like that there there's it's not simply, I know this seemingly irrelevant piece of history. You know, it's also, this is why this matters. And I think even whether you're having a philosophical discussion or doing commentary, I mean, another one that I always use as an example is um, uh, Gus Sonnenberg, who was a football player turned pro wrestler uh, um, and really one of the first people to do that, along with, I guess, Bronco Nagurski. He was a tear after him. But yeah. Sonnenberg used that, that flying tackle, right? And that was yeah. considered at the time, that was considered heretical. By all that was like nowadays when you hear old timers complain about a guy like doing a shooting star foot press to the floor, that is literally the exact same rhetoric that people use to describe that 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 Sonnenberg's tackle, which is now a spot that everybody does right. in every match. And it's like and you know, if I mention that on commentary, it's not to point that out. It's it, more it is to point out the change of style and the way the sort of like the weird sort of liminal space between things that we see as like high impact and see things that we see as traditional and how sometimes those lines are blurred. There's tons of different ways that you can relate to the material and make the material engaging and historic. And that's definitely something I'm interested in both as a IWTV employee slash curator and also as a commentator and, and booker. So are there, are there like promotions that you have uh, like sought out for IWTV? Cause you mentioned, you know, the curatorial aspect of it all, or, you know, are there times when you're just sort of like, I really want to add them uh, uh, to the list. I want to add their content um, or, or is it more case that they usually kind of come to you guys? So in, in, in most cases, I think most promotions, particularly at this point come to us early on, there was a lot of seeking things out. Cause when you're trying to build something from scratch, I mean, you know, and you don't have a track record to go on yet, which now we have a great track record, you know, hundreds sure. of streams every year, thousands of hours of content. Um, I think we've, we, you know, we have built a community too. We're, we do a lot of social media engagement to, to show that we're a brand that actually cares about our subscribers. And I, I you know, I, that said, there's there's sort of a give and take here where you are there are there brands that we have pursued? Yes. Are there other are there other brands that we've, you know, would pro would would like to get on in an ideal universe? Sure. I mean, I, I, I think that's probably fair to say. Um, 
we've been able to do some, like, like one of the things we really wanted to do for a long time was, man, we'd really like to get some Japanese promotions on the service. Well, now we have several, um, uh, probably most notably would be big Japan and freedoms have some content on the site, but there, there's plenty is we got Sendai girls, pure J heat up. I mean, there's a bunch of them. Um, so that was a, that was a big, that was a big thing. Uh, another one that this was to be, to really personalize it. One promotion that I really wanted to get content on the service, and this is not to discredit any other promotion because there's plenty of others. This isn't even necessarily saying that they're my favorite promotion ever or anything like that. It's just one that I, I saw out there was IWA East coast. Uh, and, and that might, that might strike people as kind of an odd one because it's not a promotion that a lot of people would immediately think of, um, off the cuff necessarily, but I think that's a mistake. I mean, they had, um, some, some very well-regarded deathmatch tournaments, but also some really great, matches with guys like hero and claudio and those guys in in sort of their prime years on the independence and um because they run in west virginia i think they're probably a little bit less visible than they would be if they had been in other places but their archive is really is really great it's fascinating and it was just sitting out there and i'm like listen we gotta we gotta make this happen so when the merger with smart mark video happened you know um, that became sort of one of my, can we get this thing done? And, and we were able to get it done. And as of now, I believe we have all, but maybe one of their shows available on IWTV. So wow. that was one that, um, you know, was really important to me in part for that historical reason is I just felt like this was a sort of under the radar promotion that, um, a lot of people, whether you're a deathmatch fan, whether you're a more traditional pro wrestling fan, whatever, there's something kind of for everybody there. And I think the fact that it has that unique environment of being in West Virginia, which in and of itself is sort of this weird, like peripheral boundary between, you know, um, sort of Southern Appalachian culture and the sort of Northeastern rural culture. It's like, right. You know, it's like very borderline. Nobody in the South really thinks of lots of West, uh, of West Virginia as Southern per se, but culturally, I think almost everybody else in the country thinks of West Virginia as Southern. So it's a, it's a very, like, it's an interesting space for that reason too. And I don't know, I was really, that was one that I was really excited. There's some others, you know, Jersey all pro is one that we we recently started carrying a bunch of their archive and we'll be uploading more of that soon. And that's sort of like one of the bedrock independents from the sort of what a lot of people consider to be the peak years of the aughts. Uh, yeah. of independent wrestling so that was another one that was um one that we definitely we we definitely wanted to make happen and, and we have been and i can tell you that a lot more jersey all pro content is going to be coming we've been very slowly br- bringing that onto the service because in a situation like this you want fans and subscribers to be able to digest things so it's not right. just you're looking around like oh my god where do i even go um yeah uh and but there will be more There'll be much more Jersey All Pro coming. We 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 really have just scratched the surface with that. Uh, that's very cool. I mean, I and I understand exactly what you mean too about you know kind of rolling things out um, slowly and, and and giving people an opportunity to kind of appreciate what's there because otherwise it can seem overwhelming sometimes. You know, you, you go and you see like you know oh I've got a hundred shows to catch up on. Where do I start? Where you know should I should I jump in the middle? Should I start at the beginning? And you know sometimes you don't want to start at the beginning. You know there are some promotions out there that I love to death, but if you go back and you start at the very beginning, you're going to be like, oh I don't know if I want to watch this or not. <laughs> um, yeah 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 yeah. I mean that's. A- that's a that's a that's a great point like chronology does not play to the favor of everyone 
Yeah. <laughs> Independent wrestling. I mean, it's a, it is, um, I think most promoters would say that they don't like their early stuff. Not all fans would say that though, but right. mo- most, most promoters absolutely would. And I, I and man, I mean, I, I, I can't blame them, you know? I mean, <laughs> e- e- like it, even it's weird too, because lots of times the earlier chronology will have, sort of bigger name wrestlers. Sometimes they will even arguably have better matches for some promotions, but the overall, it just doesn't fit into the current zeitgeist at all. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, 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 it feels either in some cases, let's just be honest, problematic <laughs> in sure. other cases, in other cases, it feels antiquated in other ways where it just doesn't feel like it's tuned in. And sometimes there's just like, organizational stuff where you look at it and you go, Oh my God. But I, I actually think that in a weird sense, that kind of is interesting. I mean, one of the really interesting things on IWTV now, in my opinion, is the wild side archive, which we've been slowly bringing on the service um, because it is so, because it's episodic TV. So right. you've got this episodic TV show that started in the late nineties, very tail end of the nineties goes through and you can see both how, culturally different things were how wild things seemed at times but also like how crazy it was that this cultivated universe existed in <laughs> like the shadow of you know corporate wrestling which at that point was a, was a super big deal you know because when they started you you had WWF and WCW and ECW still so yeah. it's a, it's it's a it's a really it's a fascinating product project to, uh, product to watch. And I think there's a lot of things that can be learned from watching that as well. Yeah. You, you know, it's weird because speaking of learning things, uh, I kind of want to switch gears ever so slightly because, you know, talk, talking about like different promotions and, and it seems like, you know, there are a lot of promotions obviously that, you know, had, had an expiration date. Um, and, and, and talking about Southern wrestling, um, you, you know, you, obviously you go back, um, in, into the, the seventies and, and the early eighties and, you know, the South was just a hotbed of great wrestling and, and, and it, you know, it was a little bit different everywhere you went. Um, and, and I think that that, you know, continued on through the, the mid eighties, but obviously as WWF started to take over, it got harder and harder for those promotions to, you know, to compete and, and to, and to you know, stay afloat. Um, how much do you think that the the death of the territories had to do with how difficult it was for independent wrestling to not necessarily take hold in the South, but at least kind of get the exposure that it, it clearly deserves, you know, based off of just, you know, what we've been able to see on, on IWTV with promotions like SUP and Action? So um, that's an interesting question. I've never really quite thought about it in that context. So I want to actually commend you for coming up with a sort of interesting spin on a question that I've thought about a lot, uh, because I don't know that I've ever thought about it quite that way. Um, I, it, what I would say is this, obviously the territory, territorial wrestling was big everywhere. I think we sort of, there's sort of a mythology that suggests that it was uniquely big in the South or disproportionately big. I'm not sure that's actually true. I just think Southern wrestling sort of has an attachment to territorial wrestling in certain ways. And, and I think because some of the last territories to fizzle out were in the South, that sort of stays in people's minds. You know, Crockett lasted longer, Continental lasted longer, Memphis lasted longer. So I think because of that, we sort of, but like, I mean, 
the AWA, you know, if you ask people in Winnipeg or, or, or wherever, like that was their, their wrestling, no different yeah. than so how somebody would feel in Jackson, Tennessee. So it, there, it really is not as different at, on that level, I don't think. But one thing that I would say is I, I believe that there was a, there was a tendency, frankly, that still exists in the Southeast to view your independent wrestling enterprise within the context of uh, a territorial paradigm, which is to say, you know, we've got this, this town and or these towns, we're going to run them. We're going to run every week or every two weeks. In some cases, some, some shows are now once a month, but there's still a lot of shows in the South that are weekly or biweekly. And we're, we're going to operate by that rule set. And there's going to be certain expectations there. I also think that the South sort of suffered from its successes in some ways. And what I mean is, you know, Wildside was a very successful independent. And a lot of big guys came through there, probably most notable, notably AJ Styles, but he's hardly the only one. I mean, yeah. on top of the people that came down from elsewhere um, to, to have success there, you also had people like R-Truth and Abyss and people like that who were like, that's kind of what made them next year guys. So there's, there's a, but having said that, I think there became this mindset. I think there was this mindset for a long time of, okay, well, what wild side does is how you elevate guys. And that's how you do independent wrestling, which is to say you do something that's episodic TV, or if you can't do episodic TV, you go to the same building every week or every two weeks and um, you build angles and you build stories and and that's what you do. Well, in principle, I don't oppose that. The problem is if you don't have TV or you don't have any medium to get your the, your eye, eyes on the prize, it, it's totally irrelevant. I mean, you can do the best angle in the world. Um, and, and I'm not knocking anybody who runs a town and doesn't tape their stuff or tapes it, but they do whatever with it. That's perfectly okay. I, I, I'm not saying shows like that shouldn't exist. Don't misunderstand me. But sure. if you're if you're somebody who's trying to get signed or to even get to the next level of independence, and you're working those shows and those shows exclusively, you have no hope. I mean that, that that's just that's just the truth. You have no chance. There's zero chance. The the right. the only the only way is if you're getting outside of that bubble and doing more. And I think. Because that that sort of residual territorial mindset and, you know, I, I think that has, be, you know, the model in the Northeast for the and even in the Midwest, the model for a long time was IWA Mid-South. The model in the Northeast was, uh, you know, Ring of Honor. Uh, those models were very different. The model yeah. in the South that was successful was Wildside and Wildside was tremendous. But. That was a model that only really could work in that building in Cornelia. I'm not saying it could. I guess I, I, I shouldn't say it could only work there, but it was you, that was a uniquely advantageous position with the right people in charge to make it work at the right place at the right time. And it, you needed to do things a little bit different, a little bit bolder. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like there were shows that were really catering toward hardcore fans in terms of the type of talent they were booking, the sort of matches they were putting on, the emphasis they were doing that weren't taping the shows. Like, <laughs> well, like I, I, to this day, that blows my mind. Like, yeah. you're, 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 you're literally, you're catering to this audience that, and, and then you're not, you're not taping. I mean, right. it's one thing to not distribute it, which is bad too, but to not even tape it is crazy. 
And that, you know, that's, it, it's a really complicated question. The Southern independents are a complicated question. I, I think there's no question that they've come a long way. I mean, on IWTV, we've got obviously action and stuff, which I'm involved with Southern honor, which runs in Canton. Uh, we've got new South, which has really done great things in Alabama. Um, uh, you know, so there's, there's a, there's a bit, there's an infrastructure net now and sort of a network there now that I, I don't think really existed um, as recently as five or six years ago. You know, I just don't, not, not at this level anyway. Yeah. Now, you know, it's interesting thinking about um, sort of the difference too in the, the fans that would have, attended or watched Wildside compared to the fans that attend, you know, independent shows today. Um, you know, obviously you, you kind of had like certain promotions that, that came along in the, in the nineties, um, whether it was even, you know, the early to mid nineties, um, uh, uh, like Smoky mountain, you know, for instance, or, or, you know, Wildside later in the nineties that still, I think kind of had a fan base that either was at least aware of the territories or in, in the case of Smoke Mountain, obviously was kind of like raised on, on the territories. Um, and so it's interesting to think about the, the, the fans, the way that they might view the product today compared to the way that, that the product was viewed, you know, 20, 25 years ago um, by those same fans. And it's, and it's, it's always been interesting to me too, what you mentioned about, um, you know, kind of like taping the matches, distributing the matches, like the idea of not, you know, of a not trying to preserve that that content for for any use, you, you know, regardless of whether or not it was to be sold, uh, but much less to not try to distribute it, to not sell it, to not get more eyes on the product. Because if all you're doing is put on a show for you know maybe 200 people if you're lucky, then you know what have you really what have you really done? Um, you know, maybe yeah, you paid some guys maybe, but you probably didn't pay them enough to really you know really be there. Um, and, and, and so it's just kind of an interesting thing to me to think that, 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 that didn't happen all the time. Um, now, of course, obviously with the streaming and with IWTV, that's something that a lot of promotions would probably never even consider, you know, at all. Um, so I, I guess that kind of brings us to, to, to the thrust now that we've been talking for like 40 minutes or whatever, but, uh, IWTV, uh, obviously, uh, has had a lot of success. Um, you know, I, I've been enjoying the content uh, for quite a while. Being a Chicago guy, it was great to go on there uh, and see all the freelance wrestling that was on there. Um, you know, but also to discover a lot of stuff that I wasn't quite aware of. And that's one of the things that this new set from Phil Singer Games, I think, will do for a lot of uh, fans of the, the game line um, is, is, you know, kind of expose them to a lot of these different promotions. And obviously, um, you know, you've got SUP, which is, is represented by Manders, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, just a, it's a great list of, of talent across the board. Um, the, the relationship there, as far as IWTV and Phil Singer Games goes, um, I mean, I, I guess the, you know, just to ask the broad question is, is, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? And how familiar with you were you with Phil Singer games before uh, uh, this partnership happened? I was actually reasonably familiar from going to independent shows actually, because there have been guys at merch tables. I remember at, at the 2016 or 2017 scenic city invitational, maybe, one of those two years, forgive me, which they were in the same gym. So I, I get to, I get to be wrong here on what year it was, but yeah. the, uh, what, one of, one of those, one of those years, there was somebody who had, um, somebody there who had, was tabling 
and had uh, various cards. Might have even been a whole set of something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but they weren't selling them. They just had them on display. Like, no, 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 you can't, you can't buy these. You can't. You, like, I want you to look at them, but we're not, we're not, we're not selling them. Um, I wish I could remember. It might have been. It might have been Charles Inschutz, who was the old Southern Fried Wrestling promoter, who's passed away now. He was a great guy. I, I, I can't remember. He had a table that you had a lot of stuff. It might have been Charlie. But but who, who, whoever it was, that was... I know we did something with Atlanta Wrestling Entertainment around did, that you, time. You, you definitely did because I remember one of the cards was a Jimmy Rave card. That I remember for, for 100% unquestionable certainty. Um, uh, and of course, he won the first, the first tournament uh, right, in 2015 right. and was then in the finals in 2016. But... Um, so that could have been that could have been what the set was. I don't I don't I I'd be a liar if I said I remember other than the Jimmy card and somebody being very adamant that we could look but but not buy. Um, <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, the that was the probably the first time I'd seen the cards in person. Mm-hmm. I don't I, now I was aware of their existence before that. I think just from being around social media, message boards, and things of that nature. Um, as somebody who uh, you know. At this point in my life, um, I am much less of a collector than I was. Having said that, this, like, Phil Singer cards and certain sorts of pins and things like that are very much in the wheelhouse of stuff that I actually uh, am into collecting now, if that makes sense. Whereas before, at at a different point in my life, it was a much more, like, Oh my God, I just want 87 of each of these things. Now, now it's like <laughs> the, the, that sort of stuff where you kind of get a look at both a bigger and a smaller picture at the same time, if that makes sense. Like, uh, yeah. so, so what, what I like about it, it or what I like about, uh, what Phil Singer does is it is, yes, it's a promotional tool, right? Of course, there's no question about that, but it's also, it kind of like exists in that weird space. So this is the term I use all the time when I'm doing commentary, right? Uh, uh, you know, usually when I'm giving notes to people I'm working with, but sometimes I'll even use this on air without quite being very specific about what I mean, but I'll make it specific here. <laughs> um, for, for wrestling fan culture, and, which includes everybody who, in my opinion, matters inside the business. Cause if you're in the business and you're not a fan, uh, you know, whatever, like, yeah. uh, but the, if you're in the fan culture space, there's kind of two sides of your brain. Okay. There's what I call, and not, this is dating myself, but I've already done that. The PWI <laughs> side of your brain, right. Which is like yep. the sort of K fabe logic, where everything is about the narrative that is being presented to you and how you interpret that narrative with the big, with the good guys, the bad guys, the characters, things of that nature. Then there's the sort of wrestling observer part of your brain, which is the, um, do I think this match is good? How do I think this wrestler compares to this wrestler as an in-ring performer? How do like this, what, and what's cool about Phil Singer is I think you split the difference in a good way. Okay. Mm. That's very hard to do. It's a it's a it's a tool and an asset that I think can appeal to both sides of that divide, which is also why I think it is a good fit for a partnership with IWTV, because what we do by design must appeal to both sides of that divide. It must appeal to people who are into 
you know, making match of the year list at the end of the year for what the, what their favorite match and for people who want story driven stuff and want to get excited and caught up in the moment. We have to do both. We don't have the luxury of appealing to one or the other. And I think, um, uh, not really anyway. I mean, you, you, you have to hit both sides of that. And I think, uh, what Phil Singer does is not that dissimilar. I get that that may, it may not be quite as explicit, but I think it's still there because I think the, the, while the cards in theory, some people might argue that they exist more in the PWI space. I don't really think that's true because it, like when, when you're, when you're coming, when it comes down to who you're selecting to represent what brands and what's this, that, and the other thing, you're thinking still with that other side of your brain too. That's part of the yeah. excitement of making that decision, you yep. know, like, so you, you get to do both. That's the cool part of the stuff we do. Yeah. <laughs> you get, you get to do both things. You don't have to just pick one. And like, I think that, that's a really great way to put it. That, that, so to me, that's probably the, the coolest part. I mean, I, just be, I mean, just the fact that I think the art's cool and the cards look cool is great too. Don't get me wrong. But that, sure. that to me is the coolest part is that sort of overlap and even that sort of internal debate. And I'm not even going to get into the details of this because I don't, because uh, I, I think the people that were chosen for this set are great, but there's also that internal debate of, man, what if they'd chosen this guy or this Absolutely. Woman, whatever. Yeah. That's cool too. That's part of the, That's part of what we do. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's part of the fun. We, well, we, hell, we we did a uh, a little poll there uh, on our message board after a couple uh, announcements, saying, "Well, who else do you think is going to be represented in this set? You know, beyond like you know what promotions and what wrestlers in there." And th- it was all over the board. There's so many different options and so many different things that people wanted to see. And it was like, "Well, that would have been great too. That would have been an awesome one too." It, you know, it, it was really hard kind of coming up with this with this you know eight cards for sure it's it's like it's the same thing as doing your match of the year list you know yes, what i mean if you're is. one of them where you're like god i don't want to leave this off you know oh, like yeah. it's 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 the same thing and you know and frankly you kind of worry man am i gonna offend somebody you know you that's part of it <laughs> but right it's, it, it's a i mean look man this is that's the that's the way that these that's that the it's it can at some, at sometimes it can make you want to pull your hair out a little bit if we're being completely candid, but that's what makes this fun. That's yeah. what makes this stuff fun too. I mean, you know, it, it is. Well, it's it, to me, you know, I think it's it, to me one of the wonderful things about this entire conversation that we've been having thus far is that it reinforces to me the fact that professional wrestling is an art. And, and that so much goes into it. And that obviously, you know, one of the things that, that kind of we're talking about now that I, that, that, that my, you know, actor, old actor brain turns into is it's the idea that when you commit to, to do a show, you're there to tell a story and you want to tell that story as truthfully as you possibly can. And that's what you're thinking about. And then yes. the minute you, the minute you leave rehearsal, the next thing that you're thinking about is what are the critics going to say? What is the audience going to think? Are people going to buy tickets? And that shit has absolutely nothing to do with what you're doing when you're on that stage telling that story. And so it's, it's, it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like the PWI brain and the rest of the observer brain. And it's, it, it, I love that. I love that analogy. And I think it's applicable to a lot of different art forms. And I think, you know, in the case of, 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 of pro wrestling and the card game, it's absolutely true because even like the stats on the back of the cards, you know, it's like, you look at those sometimes and you're just sort of like, shouldn't he be a little stronger? Or should that finisher sure. actually be, you know, that level or, you know, so it's like, it, it really does kind of play into all of those aspects. And then of course, 
you know, for, for the, the promoters of the game who, you know, are promoting their own, you know, fed with the cards and, and playing out these matches and all that sort of stuff. It is about kind of, you know, the stories that you're going to tell and, 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 you know, the matches that you're going to make and what happens. And the fact that there's random chance involved in the game, I think it, 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 it kind of heightens that makes it a lot more fun because all of a sudden it's like, you don't really know who's going to win. So it's like, you're watching the match as a fan, just as much as you are the, the booker, if you will, to put the matches together. Um, which makes it all fascinating. And I think that that's the thing that's great about being a wrestling fan is it's like, you can, you know, you can armchair book a show all you want and talk about who's going to win and who's not going to win. But when you sit down to, to watch, it's like, you might have an idea, but you probably don't know who's going to win that match. And that's part of the fun. Yes. A hundred percent. Like when, you, when you're a kid growing up and like, you know, one of the, one of the fun aspects of being in that space where you're first sort of starting to think with that observer brain is that, there's enough of the PWI brain to rein you in where it, you, the, the questions and the paradigm that you're operating in is like, to me, the absolute most fun. So yeah. it, you're, you're, you're willing to ask questions like, uh, you know, um, who's better Vader and will or Steven Regal, you know, this was like me in 94, like, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, but you're, what you really want is you want to see the match and you don't want to see the match necessarily because it's going to be a good match or because it's going to be a great match using whatever star rating system somebody has created, but because you want to see the match. And then it's like, Oh man, like, like what aspect, like how would this play out? You start to visualize how it will play out. And some people might say, Oh yeah, you're fantasy booking. Well, maybe, or maybe you're just, following the narrative that the that the existing booker has laid out for you and you're playing with that in your mind which is actually much less of a quote smart fan thing end quote than it is a sort of traditional fan thing so they're like yeah that whole thing is fascinating to me and and you know that's why i love wrestling and that's what like i being able to sort of do both is the best if you can do it. And that's, yeah. that's one of the things I love. That's one of the things I love about being able to be involved in promotions as different as action and sup, because even though on the surface, they probably look similar and a lot of the same talent wrestles in both places. The audience is so different for both that I kind of get to have the best of both worlds from that perspective too. And, and there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun there. So. Can you give the listeners a little bit of a, what makes action and sup so different from, from your normal promotion? Yeah. So, so action runs primarily, we run in a community recreation center in a small town just South of Atlanta. It's very close to the Atlanta airport, Tyrone, Georgia. And, uh, but we, we, what we do there is, so you'll see a lot of families there. Um, it's a very raucous crowd during non COVID times. It's one of the most kid heavy crowds on any sort of well-known independent in the country. Uh, you know, you, you, it's not, and, and the kids are vocal and crazy. They're like the craziest fans <laughs> in the building. Like they're, they're, you know, like they walk in and out with the talent, like they, like, you know, they're, they're the loudest yelling at the bad guys, but it's still an audience that we can put some of these sort of independent wrestling superstars in front of. And the crowd is very appreciative of that too. So we can, we get both. You can, you still get that sort of live experience um, of the sort of traditional quote, family friendly wrestling show, but we can put a match like, you know, I don't know, like JD Drake versus Nolan Edward or whoever, or something like that. We can put something like that in the ring and it doesn't, 
it, it doesn't fall flat. Whereas in some places it might fall flat in some places. Like if we do, did a match like violence is forever versus the skull, which we did on a recent show, you can watch on IWTV cheap plug. If we did, if we did that, like at some shows in the Southeast that gear more toward that kind of audience, it would not work. But in front of our crowd, it does. Sup is a bar show. You know, we run at the basement East in Nashville, which was just rebuilt. Our, our show first show back there was in front of no fans, but the energy was there. Are these our lives? You can watch that on IWTV now. Yeah. Um, and I recommend and, it. I thought I like, I, I loved it. Oh, I, I thought, I mean, I'm biased, obviously. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I thought it was a great show. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, the energy, I, I'll, I'll break some news here. There's actually, we actually taped two other things as well. Um, nice. so, so there is one other full show that we have, that we have taped that was taped there. And there's actually one, technically a full show, a, a very weird concept thing, um, that will also be, be coming out relatively soon. And, uh, you know, that sup is, it's definitely a bar show. It's run by a bunch of punk slash hardcore kids, myself included. Um, it's very much, um, framed within that context that's sort of like the ethos that guide it very diy sort of bare bones and minimalistic in some ways but um it has i mean i think it i think those shows radiate a sort of like chaotic energy that is hard to explain uh i think the sort of energy that sup gives off is kind of closer maybe to deathmatch wrestling even though we really don't do matches that i mean we've done run super violent match there but mo- that's basically it we don't cater to that really yeah. but i think that that sort of weird mix of anxiety and enthusiasm and it, it, like that th- that is kind of what sup lives on where like any moment something crazy could happen or something super silly could happen or something totally off the wall could happen and it, at times when we have fans in that building, it's almost like an improv show. Uh, it's, it's very, and even on commentary, it's like that because yeah. the fans can hear me. Cause I'm in, I'm in the middle of them. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, at action, I'm up on this stage and I'm sort of projecting down so they can hear me some as well, but I, I can't really hear them that much, but it's up. You're, you're almost in the pit, so to speak, to use another hardcore analogy here. Like you're literally like in it, so you you can't not hear what's going on around you, and I think the with the wrestlers it's the same thing. So all of us sort of feed off of that, and it becomes um, I think it's the closest thing to a truly collaborative wrestling experience that I've ever been a part of, uh, because you're forced to operate on the fly, you're forced to think on the fly. It's the only shows that I, I mean, usually to really pull back the curtain here with with Scenic City. Uh, and, and action and other stuff I've been involved with the booking tends to be very, um, very micro, you know, like at, at certain times it's like, all right, we've got to hit this note. We got it with sup. It's like, you know, we've literally changed people from baby face to heel and vice versa, like on a decision made, like in the middle of the show. And they've got like five minutes to come back out and do a heel turn. You know what I mean? Like, because <laughs> it's, wow. it, it's, it's, it's very much like a feeling the room, process there and mm-hmm. um and in any other context i would think that was completely insane but there it works there yeah. it works it's the it's the right thing to do there i love that one of the things i actually i actually had the uh the the responsibility privilege honor uh to write the uh, handbook for the iwtv set and one of the things that i had to make sure to put in 
when I was writing the short blurb about SUP was the DIY. Like I had to include that yes. because I mean, that ethos is, 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 is definitely there and, and, you know, it comes through in the shows. And I think that, you know, obviously, you know, the, the, the no fans era uh, of wrestling that we've had to, to live with for this past year has been difficult. But uh, in this instance, I thought that it worked uh, really well. And, you know, things, things were still uh, raucous and fun. Um, there is an energy uh, to, to the sub shows that I, I feel like it's hard to find an apt comparison. Um, if I were to compare it, I, I might compare it to like the early days, maybe of insane championship wrestling in Scotland, maybe even the early days of progress, but even that doesn't feel like the right analogy. Like there's, 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 it, it's got, it's got a, a great vibe and, and, and I, I really love it. Um, I love the fact that um, because it's in such a small space, um, you know, which it, it, it helps to duplicate when you're, when you're at a show live. And I feel like that there are other independent, uh, companies out there that, that don't necessarily pull this off. And I don't know if it's a production value thing or if it's just the, you know, the, 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 the way that they decide to work, I, I, I don't know, but you can hear the wrestlers a lot more. And, and, and so when, when they're talking in the ring, when they're saying things in the ring, it, it really, especially with this last show, it just made me feel like I was actually there, which I think is, is probably one of the best compliments I can give to, you know, to this particular era of wrestling when there aren't fans in the building. Um, because it's hard, man. It's, it's, it's really hard, uh, to engage. Uh, I, I, I mean, the biggest company in the world, frankly, can't always pull it off. Uh, so if they ever do quite frankly. And so, so, so I, I just think that in this instance, it really did make me feel like I was in the building when I was watching and, 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 and I love that. That's, that's great to hear. I mean, that's certainly one of the goals is to, um, you want your, your, uh, filmed experience, your, your viewer at home to have a, as an experience that's as close to being in the, in the building as possible. And that's, you know, that's not always easy. And I think for certain promotions, it's almost impossible. And frankly, some promotions would say you're crazy. The post-production is, is, is so important to what we do. And I get that because I get that everybody's got sort of different values, but from my right. perspective, from my perspective, that's what I want. I want it to feel, especially with SUP because SUP absolutely is always going to be better live. However, it also, in my opinion, is, is, one of the strongest shows in terms of how it translates to tape. Like if, if you, if you watch it on IWTV, is it the exact same thing as being in the basement East? Of course not. Is it as close as you reasonably can get? I think so actually. And I I like it. And I think part of that is like, everything is geared that way. I mean, even the ring announcing, I mean, there's nobody like Jesse, you know, like Jesse, like nobody (laughs) does what he does. And on a lot of other shows, it probably wouldn't work. But for our show, I don't want anybody else even near that microphone. You know, yeah. like, like he, he is, he, you know, him screaming out the intros is, that's the way it's supposed to be done and, and right. for, for what we do. And uh, it's, it create, it's a big part of creating the atmosphere. Make no mistake about it. It's a, it's a whole it's a whole process there. It really is. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I missed up terribly in the time off. I was, uh, super, super happy that we could get back in there. 
Yeah. Well, and, and this last card, um, are these our lives? Uh, I thought, you know, again, just had some, some excellent matches on it. I, I mean, I love the tag team title match, um, at, at the beginning with violence is forever and the Bitcoin boys. Uh, I love the Derek Neal and Effie match. Um, I, I thought the, the Jade Newman, Arthur MacArthur match was, was great. Uh, and then the main event, um, I mean, I, AC Mack, Manders, AJ Gray. I mean, like all three of those guys are, are, are so good. Um, and, and I just, so I, I mean, I love the card uh, to begin with, um, but then, you know, actually getting the chance to sit down and, and watch it. Um, I mean, certainly has me looking forward to what's next. Um, it's funny, right before we started recording, I noticed you threw something up on Twitter, uh, um, you know, saying, Hey, ask me for recommendations if you want. And, uh, I guess I want to give you the opportunity right now, uh, for our listeners, um, recommend some, some shows or some matches that are on IWTV right now that, that, that will make, if they're not already a subscriber, will make them a subscriber. Okay. That's great. Um, I'm going to be selfish and pick a couple of my own, but I'm going to, I'm going to cap myself here. I'm going to cap myself at like five. I I'll cap myself at five. Is that reasonable? Do we think yeah, that's sure. fair? That sounds good. All Absolutely. Right. I'll, I'll cap myself at five. So for SUP, for SUP, it'd be very easy for me to recommend Are These Our Lives? Um, and by all means, watch that. But I'm actually going to recommend Those Who Fear Tomorrow, which I think is uh, a really, really great wrestling show. It has what, in my opinion, is the best SUP match ever, which is actually Brett Eisen versus Alley Cat. Um, uh, I, you know, but it also has uh, the crowning of the first ever sub tag team champions, which is uh, violence is forever versus Marco Stunt and Cabana man, Dan in a really violent, the, by far the most violent match we've had. That's like a content warning level thing. Uh, <laughs> but it, but it, that show, I think probably best demonstrates the range of what we can do in front of a live audience. I think mm. if you watch from the very opening match, which is Jeremy Wyatt versus Jade Newman, all the way through to that tag team match final at the end, I think, Every sort of piece of what we do best um, is is illustrated in that show. So uh, that would be that would be my first uh, sort of immediate recommendation. Um, as far as another recommendation that you know, I, you know what, I'll stick with my own stuff here first. Um, Action has a lot of shows that I really like, and picking one is difficult. I'm just going to say it; it's not easy. But I'm going to go with sort of a weird one that is not maybe as star-studded as some other shows. And I'm going to go with Bangers Only, um, which was from, I, I want to say, December of last year. And what I like about this show is, it's not I'll say flat out, it's not necessarily as good as some of our other shows. Some of our other mm. shows, I think, are better. But what I like about this show, it was a show where we first started to get a glimpse of a lot of the newer talent who I think are going to come to define the Southeast in the future. Um, Kevin Ryan. Uh, Alex Kane, Damian Tangra, all those people f- feature prominently on that show. Um, it's also sort of the the beginning of the AC Mac Eric Royal storyline is on that show. So there's there's several things on that show. The standout match to me on that show is probably Cabana Man Dan and Damian Tangra. But I, I think you get a sort of good look at maybe the direction that Action Wrestling is going to be taking, and maybe the Southeast in general. Uh, I want to recommend uh, Deathmatch Down Down Under. Are, are, are you know out of Australia? Their show um, uh, and Out Came the Wolves, which is their first show. Man, what a great first show! Uh, <laughs> and 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 despite the name, this is another thing where it's like if you're a deathmatch fan, you'll see some deathmatches. But it's only about half the show. 
The other half mm-hmm. is sort of traditional pro wrestling, and you get everything from sort of high-paced, fast uh, tag team matches to super, super hard-hitting fights. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't people. If you're if you're if you're a deathmatch person, you're going to like it. If you're not a deathmatch person, there's still going to be several things on that show that you're probably really going to like. So I, I you know, I, I would encourage you to give that a shot, regardless of where your dispositions are. Um, uh, when it comes to the the sort of broader subject of death matches, um, I want to give a shout out to Paradigm Pro uh, for the UWFI Contender Series. That's sort of a blanket suggestion. They tried something totally outside of the box, which is yeah. we're going to do shoot style wrestling in a thematic level and in an episodic way, um, and it's very unique. You might two guys might get in the ring, and it might, and it might be two relatively big names on the Indies, and it might go two and a half minutes. And yeah. you know what? it's really kind of cool because yeah. it, 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 it breaks down so many sort of mental ideas of what wrestling is and sort of recreates it in a space that I think is very, very um, interesting uh, and fun to watch. And then one that I'll, I'll throw out here, my last one, H2O, uh, Heir to Thy Throne from February of this year. Uh, and I know I'm leaning on recent stuff. That's okay. I could have gone in the archive, but we talked about that a lot earlier, I feel. Um, yeah. H2, H2O, man, Look, these Matt Tremont is training some guys who are really good people. I mean, he's got a crop of students there. Again, I get it. Maybe you're not a deathmatch person. Maybe you're sort of moderate on deathmatches. You know, maybe you're super big on deathmatches. Here's the cool <laughs> thing about it. here's the cool thing about H2O. It really doesn't matter where you fall on that spectrum because. The, tra- the, the trainees there are so good right now. Dylan McKay, Austin Luke, Marcus Mathers, Reed Walker, Gigi Evers, and Ryan Redfield, like uh, uh, Declan Grant. I mean, like everybody there is at minimum good, all those trainees. And then Tremont does a great job sort of rotating in, you know, more established veterans and other sort of cast of characters. He'll occasionally bring in some bigger names to show on February 7th, or, or rather on April 17th, which is coming up soon, which I think is called Misery Business, if I'm not mistaken. That show is stacked. That show is a stacked show. But this show, Heir to Thy Throne, it's basically, it's a bunch of his students competing in a tournament. And, and, and you, get a, to, you get to take a look at every single one of them. And I think uh, there's nothing cooler than that right now. Is to watch, that's one of the great things about independent wrestling is watching guys elevate themselves to the next level. And yes. man, like H2O has got a lot of guys who feel like they're going to be elevated to the next level within the next 12 to 18 months. So I would highly recommend that show highly that, that to me is um, it, it might be my show of the year right now. Uh, the Deathmatch down unders first show is really high up there. Um, I've, I, I, you know, I don't want to self backpat. There were some people who said, are these our lives was their show of the year. And I, and I'm very happy they thought that, but I, I think, I think these two shows are, are really good. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to check them out. I, I have not watched them uh, yet, so I, I will definitely put them on my watch list, and, and I think everybody else should do the same. Um, you know, one thing I want to ask you real quick, because I, I definitely want to get into the showcase of the independence here in just a second, uh, and I appreciate you, you sticking with us because we've been talking for a while now, but uh, one of the things that, that I read uh, recently, and I hadn't really given much thought, uh, to be honest with you, um, is that uh, you know another reviewer out there was talking about the fact that promotions – um, with, with, you know, no fans in the building, we're kind of going the route of, of having shorter matches. Um, and, and I'm curious if, if you think that a, that's actually true. 
And, and B, if it is, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think the logic is behind that? I mean, I have my own thoughts, obviously, and I think it certainly is working, but I am curious as to know what your mindset is about that. Um, and if you see, you know, potential, because you mentioned the UWFI stuff, uh, for, you know, having those more sudden matches, uh, but still also having, you know, some 20, 30 minute matches when the case calls for it. Um, or, or if you see things maybe going in a direction where shorter matches are going to be better, uh, even coming out of the pandemic and getting fans back in the building. Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, one of the best compliments I think I ever got from uh, anybody commenting on SUP as a product was a reviewer, um, I don't want to say who <laughs> Joe Lanz on Bush Wrestling <laughs> Podcast, who said that uh, who said that some matches never overstay their welcome, mm. and that that is something that is something we've consciously tried to do there. And um, I don't know that I agree that we never do. I, I could, sure if I went back in the catalog, I could find somewhere I find. Yeah, we could have shaved a couple minutes, but by and large, I, I I think that that's something we've tried to do, and I do think there is something to using i think there's sort of a broader question that's implicit within the question you just asked which is during this era of limited fans or no fans it, it is this the appropriate time um to re-educate people on what wrestling can be and what the parameters are and and and, and different things and, and try different stuff out and i think the answer to that is yes um, mm-hmm. I, I think some promotions have been more successful than others in that regard. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a lot of people that have tried a lot of things during this period. Um, you know, limitless has done really good with the, their, the road series, which you can watch on IWTV every Wednesday at 7 PM. Um, they, they've been doing, you know, sort of self-contained tapings that build to sort of big, you know, maybe bi-monthly or whatever shows, um, and they've done very, very good with that. Um, you know, it's g- given them the ability to do more episodic stuff and some shorter matches because you've got to fit four matches into a single episode at probably somewhere between 55 and 45 minutes. And yeah. if you're throwing in inserts and other things like that, it's going to go by quicker. Obviously, P- Paradigm's another example. I think uh, what, what we're going to see on the back end, I think, is going to be tough to say because, you know, speaking for myself with action – which has run several of quite a few times during the pandemic era to limited fans. You know, we, 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 we do, we're fortunate in that that building is such where we are able to keep a very, very large door open the entire time. And we cap attendance at 40, I think 45 or something like that. And we're able to space them out pretty well. Um, But the, the thing there is it, we've had matches that are shorter than anything we would normally have put on. And we've also had matches there that were longer than anything Mm -hmm. we probably normally would have put on. So we've kind of experimented with both. Um, You know, one thing we've done at action is we've been doing double headers uh, and the first show tends to be more, you know, it's still a shorter show. It's usually about two hours in length. Uh, And that show might be anywhere from six to eight matches. The second show, more often than not, has been five matches long. And mm-hmm. um, it's a much more compact show. And, uh, you know, I got to say, we've never had a complaint about that. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it, it, uh, you know, will, is that something that will continue post-pandemic? 
I don't know. I mean, that's tough to say. I mean, there's, there's economic reasons why we may just go back to one show. You know what I mean? Sure. But the idea of sort of micro shows like that or sort of reintroducing the idea, reestablishing the idea for what finishes could be, which is a big part of what Paradigm's doing. I think there's a lot of room. I think a lot of sh- shows have already been, been doing things like that. And um, what that's going to look like in maybe another six or nine months when most things hopefully will be open, maybe, maybe not on a hundred percent capacity, but it's something much closer to normal. I, yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what things were innovations out of necessity that don't stick and what things were innovations because it was a time where you could try things that were different and then you decide you like them. And I actually don't, I, I really don't know what to make of that yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, for one am all for, you know, getting to see different kinds of finishes, sudden finishes. You know, I, I think that uh, it, it's, it's odd to me in some ways that, you know, it, it, it's, it's been what, like, 16, 17 years, maybe, uh, I, I might be a little off on my timing, you know, since Brian Danielson was out there, you know, ending people with elbows to the head or choking them out in two minutes or something like that to get those sudden victories, you know, when he was doing the ring of honor shows. And, and that's something that never really took hold because he was so good at it. And it's not yep. to say that we haven't had that obviously. And certainly, you know, I think that, that, that there have, there's been more experimentation, um, over these past couple of years, I feel like, uh, just based off of what I've seen than there has been in, in a long time. You know, nobody's trying to kind of, you know, ape uh, a strong style or a King's Road style or, or, or you know, fly all over the building like Lucha Libre. Or, you know, there, there really is, I do feel like an overall, no pun intended, paradigm shift in the way that, that we're seeing performers kind of evolve because it's become, I think, such a, a you know, a, a wonderful uh, playground and, and, um, school for wrestlers to see all of these different styles and start to kind of, you know, really meld things together and find new, new ways of doing things while also relying on the fundamentals, which is something that I always love to see. Um, you know, when you, when you've got guys that are, that are doing things that, um, you know, as you pointed out, even in, in, in the latest sub show, you know, it's like, there's a top wrist lock, you, you know, and, 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 and look at how devastating that is uh, and being able to focus on something that, that is so foundational like that. And yet um, some guys can't do to save their lives, but you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's always interesting to see um, that, 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 that it is shifting and evolving because I feel like um, I feel like honestly, and I could be completely wrong here. I feel like it's been a while since that happened. No, I think that's probably true. I, I you know, there's – the, the current wrestling landscape is in an interesting place for a lot of reasons. And I think it's, I think it's easiest to, to sort of pinpoint COVID, right? Because sure. COVID is like the elephant in the room that's infested every aspect of our life. You know, I mean, it just is. But these sort of things – the changes and stuff were, were happening – to some degree, I think, regardless of that, I think COVID might've accelerated certain trends and it might've forced people to, to start thinking in more creative ways about what wrestling can be, um, should be, or shouldn't be again, to reiterate that point. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't know. Um, it's those trend lines were going to happen anyway, in my opinion, because, the minute that AEW entered the market as a sort of relevant counterforce to WWE, 
that's going to have a, a meaningful effect at every level of the wrestling business. I mean, make no mistake about it. That, that effect is going to be felt um, all throughout the independence and not just in the ways that everybody obviously points to, which is more guys getting signed. You know, that, that's obvious. I mean, I'm not saying that doesn't matter, but it's, it's the most obvious thing. But there are, you know, there are other effects to stuff like that. Um, even like, even sort of subliminal effects, I think, uh, you know, like this is a weird thing to say, but if people feel like there are more places that they could potentially make money in wrestling, the way they approach how they wrestle at the lowest level, which I don't even, I'm talking about like the smallest independence, yeah. even, even that make changes. But when you're starting to talk about the higher level independence or the higher visibility independence, well, that change is going to be magnified even tenfold, you know? Um, yeah. So there, there's a, there's a huge sort of trickle down effect and there's all sorts of like, there's, there's, and that's all completely independent of COVID, you know? And, and, and so yes, COVID has accelerated certain things for sure. And, and it's probably sort of, there's been certain things that have happened, um, in the wrestling space that almost certainly would not have happened without it. But there's also things that like, you know, there's all, there's, tr- there were trends already moving in a certain direction. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think, uh, sort of a reintroduction of sort of, um, I don't, I don't know what the right word is. I think a reintroduction of certain simple things for lack of a better way of putting it, is probably going to be one of the things that we see more of uh, in in the in the next few years. I think some of that born of necessity, and some of it just people kind of taking a retro mindset. I mean, I I know without naming names, I know of no fewer than a half dozen active, relatively high level independent professional wrestlers who have who have told me in the last three months that they are primarily pulling their influences from seventies and eighties wrestling right now, you know, mm, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, and not in the, like, you know, I want to be Arn Anderson way, but like, you know, I want to see what sort of tricks they were using to work holds. I want to see like yeah. h- how they were pacing their matches. I want to see like, and that's, that's very interesting. That's very, it's very notable um, that I've had that conversation with literally a half dozen different people. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I, I've, I've never had the, the pleasure of stepping in a ring or, or anything, but, but I've learned more by watching, you know, guys like the destroyer or jumbo Saruta or Terry Funk, or, you, you know, the little, like you said, the little things that they would do to manipulate a hold to, to cheat, you know, behind the referee. And the thing is, it's like, it's stuff that you don't, see and it's one of those cases where you know what is old is new again because i guarantee you if you get guys starting to do some of that so and i see guys doing brilliant things don't get me wrong i mean i'm not trying to say it's like oh they were so much better back then i i, I don't i don't believe that to be true as any sort of blanket statement but i mean there are definitely little things that 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 i think uh anybody could could learn from and even as a viewer you know just just as a fan to to be able to watch some of that stuff and i think it's one of the things that makes something like iwtv such a, a wonderful resource because it just puts so much wrestling at your fingertips. And I think that to me, one of the things that I've thought a lot about when it comes to IWTV is it's made me really love wrestling in in a way that I feel like I I wasn't loving wrestling as much as I was maybe a year ago. And part of that is because 
the companies, the, the big companies, and this is not a knock because there's stuff that I enjoy, you know, everywhere, focus so much sometimes on star power. And, and, you know, some would argue that they don't have as much as they used to or whatever, but uh, they, they focus so much on the star power that they're trying to get a name to draw you in. Whereas one of the things that's lovely about IWTV is not that there's not names, but, but that it really, to me, it feels like it's more about wrestling than it is about promoting this guy who's going to go make movies in a year or two or whatever the case may be. And I think that that is something that, you know, a lot of fans can really appreciate because sometimes it just gets so hard to be invested in guys that maybe you don't want to be invested in. And then you don't see a lot of the wrestling that you, that you love in the first place um, in, in the way that you would like to see it. And, and IWTV gives you the opportunity to see so much stuff and so many different kinds of wrestling. Like you were talking about earlier with, you know, deathmatch wrestling. Sure. But, but, you know, here's something that you're going to see that's, you know, more shoot style. And here's something that you're going to see is, you know, is women's wrestling. You know, here's something you're going to see from Japan, Australia. And I think that that to me, it, it just, it, it can help to stoke a love affair with wrestling over a company or, or a couple, a handful of stars. And, and I really appreciate that because it's been, it's been difficult for me, honestly, a couple of times over the past few years um, to, to, to maintain my kind of level of excitement and interest beyond, you know, reading books or, or playing this game, quite frankly. Yeah, that, that's, um, that, that I think is one of the better compliments I've heard in regard to IWTV. So I really appreciate it uh, yeah. because that's kind of, you know, obviously we want to appeal to people that are super into the independent scene. There's no question about it. But we also just want to appeal to wrestling fans who maybe they have an independent that's their home independent, right? Or maybe they like the idea of discovering talent. Or maybe they saw two or three people on AEW and went to their Wikipedia page and went, oh, wait, this guy, you know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. there, there are multitudes of people that we want to reach, and not even purely from the business perspective. I mean, yes, it is a business. We were trying to make money. Let's make no mistake about <laughs> it. But also just for the sake of wrestling itself, which may sound pretentious to some people, and that's fine if they think that. I really don't care. Um, it, but there's, there's truth to that, you know, uh, for me and I think for a lot of other people. Um, I, I – the. Broadening that base is so, so important. And I mean, one of the great things about, you know, uh, what's happened over the last few years, too, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, is that, you know, um, LGBTQ plus voices and people of color and people like that, like there, there's there's the the space for those people has grown, I think, exponentially on the independence. Now it's easy for me to yes. say, I'm just, I'm just an old white guy. I get it. Okay. <laughs> like, so it's easy for me as sort of an observer to make that, ob to, to say that. And I'm not saying at all, this isn't a self pack backpack where we say, Oh, everything's all the work's done. Cause I don't believe that in the least, but it is encouraging that, you know, there are things like the Cassandra Cup, which we just recently had uh, on IWTV, that did as well as they did, and that featured so many talented LGBTQ plus wrestlers, and like like that is very very encouraging to me. And yeah. um, you know, like that that's another aspect of this, like of, in terms of broadening the base. It's not just, I mean, it, it's not just like types of fan from the perspective of you know what you're sort of 
flavor of wrestling that you like or the level of engagement, but also, you know, identities that have not been frankly treated well (laughs) anywhere, but especially at times in wrestling, Um, having more of a voice, not just as fans, but as, but as producers of content, you know, I mean, like it's great. It's great if we can make uh, wrestling a safe space for fans, obviously that's what we want, but the, the, it's even better if, that process is truly inclusive and actually opens up a space for content creators to that reflect those identities and reflect that, 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 that background and that, and that experience. Like, um, you know, I get that that probably sounds platitude to some people, but I sincerely mean it. And I think it has absolutely been one of the stronger areas where, uh, there has been clear positive growth, um, uh, in independent wrestling over the last 12 months, really probably longer than that. But I think noticeably over the last 12 months, at least from my perspective. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I mean, you know, subs last show was extremely diverse, a lot of representation. And then that was something that, you know, I, I you, you can't help but notice. And, and it's one of those things that you hope that, that maybe it doesn't, you know, it becomes unnoticeable because it's, it's the, the norm. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but it was definitely uh, uh, something that I appreciated about the show and, you know, being well, in Chicago, and- Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the thing. The thing to me is that representation is not even hard because it's. This is what drives me crazy about how this gets talked about. Sometimes you're not doing this, but I want to make this clear. Um, <laughs> it, it 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 drives me crazy sometimes because people act like it's like, oh well, you know, you're just getting these people. Like, dude, I'm sorry if you don't think AC Mack is one of the best all around wrestlers on the independents. That's yeah. on you. That that, yeah. that that your your relationship with the facts are is not are not very good. <laughs> this right. is like like <laughs> we we we've we've entered a stage now where the the quality of the talent across the board from all these different backgrounds is so strong. Like the idea that you're just booking somebody because you're trying to check off something on a checklist is absurd. Yeah. That is absurd. Like, and that's the criticism you sometimes hear from people. And it's like, dude, you're not living in the real world. I'm not even going to like talk about what your hangout might be. Okay. Which is a separate matter and not one that we should totally brush off, but it's just like, (laughs) to me, it's just like, what, what reality are you even living in? Like, -hmm. like look at the scene now, you know, it's like, uh, I can't like when people, it, like when you see shows now and it's like there's you know when you see shows now and you look at it over a span of two three four five six months if you see a show over that span of time and there's no person of color on the show it's like dude uh, set aside whether the person in charge is racist for a second not that that's not important but wh- who the hell like what is wrong with you like yeah. do you do do you realize? <laughs> like I mean, that's like, you are literally making the... your show worse. You're making yeah. your show worse by not booking the best people. <laughs> and it says far more about the promoter than it does about the talent. You know what I mean? Like the, ta- the, the talent is absolutely out there, like you're saying. And and it's you know it's the same thing too with like uh, you know some people who have hangups on intergender wrestling. This is sort of like man. You must not be seeing the same things that I'm seeing, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. It's weird. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, 
it, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, like I, I didn't. I don't. We don't need to belabor that. It's just, it's crazy sure. to me that there are still people who can't see what is obvious in front of them. Yeah. Well, it was important to me, you know. Also, writing the bio for AC Mac, I'd read an interview with him uh, from I think early last year, um, where he talked about how important it was to to represent the community and 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 make sure that people, you know, that that had once not necessarily seen people like him, whether it was a person of color or or a member of the community, to to be able to to see that and, and, and know that they could do that too, if they wanted to. And so it was important for me to include that in, in, in the handbook, um, under his bio, because it just, it, it felt like that was a, a, you know, a big part of him and, and, and worth noting, um, because kind of going back to something else I wanted to say earlier too, is that you, know, you were mentioning about IWTV being kind of a vessel to, to introduce, you know, new talent to, to viewers. And, and, and the great thing about this particular set and, and really, frankly, all of the independent uh, sets that Phil Singer games does is that I know for a fact, because I'm one of those people that there are, are people that buy these games and get these cards and don't know who everyone in the set is. And then, you know, the next thing I do is go out and, you know, make sure I watch a few matches or, you know, a few shows that they're on and, and get acquainted with them. So it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about it being kind of a promotional tool, but but there being a lot more to it than that. Uh, and, and I think that that's one of the things that's kind of powerful about the, the the way that we choose to tell stories, the way that we choose to present, you know, products. Quite frankly, and 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 it's and it to me, it, it always pretty heartening to hear like what you were talking about. Um, because I think that it, it is going to end up being a case of of some people, you know not getting left behind, but, you know, being five or six steps behind and, and having to play catch up once they realize, uh, exactly what you're talking about with, with, you know, the representation, the diversity on the shows and the quality of the talent that is out there, uh, regardless of, 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 of color or, or, you know, gender identity, um, or, or sexual orientation. And I think that that's so important. Um, you know, being in Chicago, uh, the pride and joy shows that happened here um, you know, a few years back. I think the first one was maybe about six years ago or so. And if I'm not mistaken, that was the first show, uh, it, it, you know, in wrestling that, that was put together purely with LGBTQ plus wrestlers from top to bottom. And it was a mix of intergender wrestlers and or not intergender wrestlers, excuse me, intergender wrestling. Um, and, and I know that there was a lot of women's wrestling on the card because it was promoted by, um, Oh God, I'm gonna forget his name now. I can't Rise, his name. I think Rise promoted. Yeah, it was Rise, Rise. Kevin, I can't. I just can't Kevin, his last Kevin name promoted right now. it. Yep, yep. Yeah, um, and, uh, and and you know that show I feel like was was incredibly important, and 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 I you know I can only hope that uh, that there's less of a need for shows like that, and just more representation in general on shows, uh, because not only is it the right thing, but it's the best thing because, like you said the quality of the talent is absolutely there. Uh, no question. No question. It's here. Um, and it's not going anywhere. Um, yeah. and, and, like it, the, the trend line is in the right direction now, uh, at the very least, it, it absolutely could be better. And I don't think there's any question about that. And there's probably going to be some ignorant yokels that own a ring that you'll never be able to completely get rid of. But Sure. But, but 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 by and large, the the trend line is, is all in the right direction. And yeah, that Pride and Joy show is great, which is all. It's also on IWTV, I might add. Um, That's right. That that, that 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 is a that is a really really good uh, wrestling show. In fact, I want to say, oddly enough, that the main event of that show was Cassandra versus Mercedes Martinez. I think. 
Which, I, I, uh, yeah, I think you're right. And, and which, you know, ties into the Cassandra cup, which was, was, you know, the recent, uh, Billy Dixon joint show that, uh, you know, we, we did over on, on, on IWTV and, um, so there's some, there's some synergy there, but that's a cool, that's just a cool like thought to think, uh, you know, to think about like that Cassandro main evented that show. And then the Cassandro cup is named after Cassandro. So that's, that's kind of neat. But uh, anyway, that's a good show. People should watch it. People should absolutely yeah. watch it. De- definitely yeah, lots sure. of great stuff in the archives and all that. And the one thing I will say with IWTV too, is the mind boggling number of live streams that are out yeah. there. Like <laughs> how you guys maintain that and keep all that going. And I mean, the very small number of interruptions that I hear about on it is absolutely amazing. You guys have done it, it man. It is hard. And, uh, we, and I mean, look, I'm going to be perfectly candid. We, it's not a large team, but it's a dedicated team. Everybody works hard. Um, uh, you know, we, we try, we have the episodic shows every week. Now we've got, you know, uh, featured shows that we premiere. Then we've got the actual live shows that are live, straight from you know what i mean so there's there's stuff on the channel all the time i mean as we record this um you know we've got i've got two live streams that'll be going on simultaneously tomorrow at the same time so uh that that is yeah that's a fact of life that's 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 the nature of but i mean look you know there's a lot of places that people can spend their consumption dollars right now i mean you, you there's a lot of places people can spend money and if you're going to, um, you know, my, my, like content is big getting and having new content and fresh content is big, but also to me, like I, I see content and community as like things that go together. Right. So like, it's one thing to just throw the content up. I mean, we could do that, but we also want to fo- foster discussion and things like that. That's why like, we're so active on the social media, you know, like, I want like with every stream that we do on the live channel, you know, we're trying to push the hashtag. We're trying to drive engagement because that's one of the things I think that differentiates us from other places is just that we're really, we're really trying to hammer home um, what our partners are doing. And if they're working hard to get their eyes, uh, uh, you know, our eyes rather on their shows, we, we need to be working with them and, uh, I'm, I'm real happy with the fact that we've been able to keep that going, even though at times it can be tiring, especially on these days, once in a while you get like an afternoon stream and then you got like a night stream and you had a bunch of stuff during the day. Yeah. It's, it can be tiring. Well, at least you have a, you have a nice break next weekend. There's nothing going on next week. Oh, oh, oh. So, you know, that, that's, that is the perfect segue because I did want to uh, actually move into this, but you know, we've talked about kind of what, what was, we talked about what is, and I do want to make a quick note. I was mentioned the the first show that I mentioned a second ago that took place, actually, I think it was about four, four and a half years ago, uh, was not the original pride and joy show from, from about two years ago, uh, that we were just talking about, which is brilliant and is on IWTV and people should check it out. But there was another show that they promoted, uh, in conjunction with a movie called signature move, which was a film that was shot in Chicago and that show. And now I can't remember the name of it. I, I mistook it for pride and joy. 
but that show was was actually not taped, I believe. Uh, it, it was uh, it was just a show that they did um, kind of as a one off, and 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 I'm, I'm I kind of mixed them up. But uh, that was the show that initially I was talking about. But I am glad that we talked about Pride and Joy as well because. Again, you know, for, for obvious reasons. Um, so anyway, that said, uh, let's talk about Showcase of the Independence, uh, which will be April 8th through April 10th, 14 shows in three days, all on IWTV. Um, Dylan, man, you, you have the floor once again. Tell us about the Showcase of the Independence. Um, you know, obviously, Action and Sup have uh, a, a joint show. Um, have fun, be sad. Um, but, uh, yeah, give us, give us the full details. Yeah, this is a stacked, stacked wrestling weekend and you're all right. It is 14 shows in three days. We've toyed around with pointing out that it's actually 15 shows in four days though, because no peace underground actually has a stream fatalism, uh, the day before on the Wednesday. Uh, we haven't really, we haven't really quite put plug that into the marketing because it's not based out of the same building per se. You know what I mean? But really, yeah. I mean, you're, if, if, if you're subscribing anytime this week, you know, you know, you're doing pretty good for yourself in terms of the, the value you're getting for your dollar. Um, uh, yeah, you're 14 shows, three days, 10 bucks for the monthly subscription. And that just gets, that's just for the three days. Keep in mind that 10 bucks spans out for the entire totality of the month. And we got a bunch of stuff for the rest of the month. We got another limitless show coming up, another H2O show coming up, all sorts of stuff coming up. But just in these three shows, uh, three shows in Tampa or three days in Tampa, rather, we've got shows from, you know, IWTV shows, so to speak. We got the family reunion coming up. We got Tony Deppin's beer Haas event, uh, which he's running there. We've got a beyond wrestling show. We've got multiple ICW shows. They've got a Battle of the Tough Guys tournament, which is going to be wild inside the pit, which I am – it's legitimately a stacked tournament. Uh, look at the lineup of guys they have in that tournament. It is a fascinating combination of like sort of crazier deathmatch guys, hard-hitting, <laughs> like shoot fight – you know what I mean? Like it is a huge – like everything from guys that look like they work on a dock uh, you know, uh, and drink bush beer on fishing trips every weekend, but would destroy you with one punch if you looked at him the wrong way at a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> to to like dangerous mixed martial artists, to um insane people who stab you with forks. Like ev- like the entire spectrum of dangerous people is in that Battle of the Tough Guys tournament. They've also got their Then and Now show, which is a stacked show that kind of features some stars from today versus stars from the past. Family Reunion, the IWTV shows, are, is, go, is a – I mean, those shows are a, a, a hybrid. Like, we've got promotions from all over the place sending matches. C4 sent the title match with Daniel Garcia defending against Kevin Koo. We've got the first IWTV Independent Wrestling Championship defense of Lee Moriarty against Edith Surreal. Uh, which is going to be interesting. Very, very interesting <laughs> matchup there. I, I uh, you know, I think if you follow the, the history of the IWTV title, it is, it, you know, you never know what can happen with that belt at any given moment. Uh, you know, so that's on Family Reunion. There's several other title matches on Family Reunion uh, as well. There's two, there's two, in fact, there's Family Reunion, so we've got two shows. We got a 12 yeah. p.m. start time on Thursday followed by a 3 p.m. sort of second second start for the second half, so to speak, of that block. Um, have Fun, Be Sad is, I mean, look, I'm biased. I'll put that show up against any show anywhere 
if you look at that card. I'll put that show up against anything. Yeah, uh, yeah and, and we've got Daniel Maccabe versus Eric Royal, a match literally three years in the making between two wrestlers that I personally believe are among the two best wrestlers on the planet. We're doing Violences Forever, uh, of course, the namesakes of the show, their show, so to speak, versus uh, Finn Juice, David Finley yeah. Jr., and, and Juice Robinson, who don't ever wrestle on the independents. Right? That's so like, awesome. Like, that, so that's, a, that's an actual match that we're doing. There's, no way, there's nowhere else that match could happen. You know what I mean? Right. There's, no, there's nowhere else that match could happen. We've got Matt Mikowski, who just won Beyond Wrestling's Greatest Round Rivals, Rivals Round Robin tournament, uh, defeating Chris Dickinson in the final there, versus Adam Priest, who is one of the next guys, in my opinion, on the independents. He's a guy to watch. He just won the New mm-hmm. South Hoss tournament. He's, he's one of these guys that wrestlers want to wrestle, which is always a good sign. Um, yeah. I mean, AJ Gray versus JD Drake, which I think has never happened. Uh, my, my, Myron Reed versus AC Mack. That that card is stacked. I, I, I'm yeah. not going to run down the whole thing. I'm not going to be that guy who's just constantly talking about his show from beginning to end. But the card is stacked. No Peace Underground's Murder Mania. Uh, we've got there, and then we have, and then we kind of have a you know. Um, by the way, on that Deppin show, it's going to be Tank versus Manders, and I just want to say <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really ex- I'm really excited for Tank versus Manders. But but the uh, the and I know for a fact that Tank has wanted that match for a long time because we almost did it at Scenic City and would have if not for the pandemic. So this is a oh, wow. this is that's a that's a Tony Deppin poached our match, but that but I can't blame him. Um, but the, we've, we've also got some shows that will not be live in the building there at 81 Bay. I should note that, you know, tickets for these events are available as well. If you, if you're willing to brave the elements, make the trip out. If you're in Tampa anyway, you should definitely, um, uh, check that out, uh, at the 81 Bay Brewing Company for, for the aforementioned events. But also we've got, uh, AIW's Go For Broke, a new series that's, that's, that's premiering. Um, we've got a, a, uh, never before seen show from freelance and freelance underground joining together for Chicago secret stash that is airing. And, and, you know, we haven't seen freelance in quite a while because of the pandemic. So this will be the first taste we've been able to get a freelance really in the pandemic period. Uh, so I'm yeah. very excited for that uh, because I'm a freelance fan going back really to the very beginning of the promotion. Um, nice. H H H two O subterranean violence you heard me rant about how great i i, I love dare to thy throne um this is a show that that uh, they've got in the can that will be premiering for the first time ever and also also the debut of a new iwtv original series the life of uh the fir- the, the the first uh subject so to speak for this series is going to be a very good professional wrestler um, I'm sure if you've been, if you've seen this, if you've seen the streams on IWTV, you've seen the, you've seen the, uh, the commercial for it, uh, probably a million times by now. It's a great commercial, great trailer in my opinion, but this show is a really cool show. Conceptually, uh, it is, uh, you know, we give a GoPro camera to a wrestler and just let them film, let them film their life. Uh, doing whatever it is, whether it's, you know, running, playing with their kids, uh, going to work, uh, you know, whatever, like talking about life, cooking dinner, you're, you're, you're going to get sort of that candid look and, um, the it's, it's public. I'll, I'll say this because it's public because, because a very good professional wrestler has publicly said this himself. The, 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 the person who is sort of putting all this together, editing it, helping to create a cohesive narrative out of it 
is uh, my dear close personal longtime friend, John Philip Havage, who was the actual, is actually the filmmaker of the uh, Barbed Wire City documentary that came out on ECW years back. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. So he's sort of the person that is making sense of the huge volume of content that's coming in. And as somebody who has, who ha- may or may not have seen this episode, uh, this is great stuff. I mean, this is, you know, uh, if you want, like, in, ter- in terms of original content that is different, but that could probably only really be done this way on the independent level, but it's still done in a professional way, the series is going to be tremendous. Uh, and that is also debuting as part of the showcase of the independence. So not only do you get um, the shows in that building, which is, you know, IWTV's family reunions, the ICW shows, um, closes out actually with ICW's farewell to the pawn shop as well. I should mention that that's not in the building. That'll be at the pawn shop in Port Ritchie. But, um, not only do you get all of those shows, not only do you get beyond a uh, beyond show, which is stacked and there's an unannounced match for that show, which I can't talk about, but it's very good. Uh, uh t- you know, the Tony Depp and shows have fun, be sad, no peace under great. You get all that, but you also get these other shows that have been sent in by some of our partners and you get the debut of a new IWTV original series. And that's all coming Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> so it's, it is a packed schedule. We start at uh, uh, noon every day uh, and we roll through, you know, and it's going to be wall to wall. And I, I think, uh, you know, I get, I, now look, I don't expect everybody to sit with us for every moment. People, you know, you got to eat sometime, got to go to the bathroom, (laughs) might have to take a nap, you know, might have to walk the dog. I get it. But when it comes to wrestling content for your dollar, man, that is as good as I literally, this is not hyperbole. This is not me just saying this because I'm an employee of the service. I really honestly don't know as a historical fact, I don't know if there's ever been this much content at this level of quality for, for 10 bucks before and it like, you know, a fresh new content like this at once. I I don't know. I mean, I I can't think of anything comparable. Um, Definitely not. I mean, you know, the, in years past, you might've been able to purchase like individual shows, but by the time you ended up doing that, you know, you were going to spend a hundred dollars easy. Um, I, I can't, I can't think of any other, you, you know, big WrestleMania weekend, if I'm allowed to say that, uh, where, <laughs> where, where there's been, uh, you know, this much content available for that. I mean, for that low of a price. Well, and, and, he, and here's the thing about it, you know, uh, like it's not, if we're being real about it, if you were just getting these 14 shows for the 10 bucks, that would by any other standard in any other year be considered an unbelievable deal. But the reality is that's the monthly subscription fee. So you actually get access to all the archives and any other live streams content for the entire month. So really it's actually kind of erroneous to even view it that way. I mean, it's the, that's like from a marketing standpoint, you, you come on the podcast and you say 14 shows in three days for 10 bucks. Right. That's that, that's like the, but that's actually the bare minimum. <laughs> it's the undersell. Is, yeah. it, it, it really is a radical undersell of what you get. Um, you know, I mean, all these shows that we've t- like, if you signed up on Wednesday and you jumped in and watched all these shows, every other show we've discussed today 
you would also have access to in the archive and you could go back and watch. And yeah. every show that would be coming up streaming, like, you know, Suffer No Fools, the, the upcoming Limitless show, um, uh, it will, you know, that's coming up, I think, on Friday, the April 16th. H2O's Misery Business is the following night. Uh, so, I mean, like, that's just a couple examples off the top of my head without even looking at anything. And I'm that looking at the schedule here. If you, if you hang on until May 1st, you also got the new Super 8 tournament. Coming that's up, right. So. You got the see, you got the Super 8 on May, May, May Coming up 1st. live for, you know, yeah, it's, it's huge. Huge. And, and uh, the Super 8, which the original Super Indie tournament, the original Super Indie tournament, the Super 8. So, um, you know, you, again, to tie it back to the history thing we were talking about earlier, like, uh, and, and we've got plan. If you want to see what those original tournaments were like and how, and, and how they were similar and how they were different. Well, guess where you can see those IWTV <laughs> because we've got, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think we have every super eight up, but we have most of them up at this point. I believe, I think there's a handful that we're still missing. Um, but most of them we have up, including the first year, if I'm not mistaken. So there, yeah, you're, there's just tons and tons of stuff uh for for 10 bucks man i can't i can't even hardly believe it because it this as a as a tape trader sometimes i sit back and i just think it's like if you had told me in 1995 (laughs) that all this stuff would be available in one place and i would have to pay 10 bucks a month even in 1995 money right even Mm -hmm. even if i was going by, by by where that would go then let alone by you know now like I would never have believed that ever. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I mean, I, you know, some days I think back about, you know, the, the, the tapes. And then I think about the, you know, the questionable downloads of the, of the early aughts uh, <laughs> from, from certain websites. You know, I think about, uh, uh, you know, even being able to go to the store and buy, and, uh, you know, it's easy, it's easy to blow a lot of crap their way, but, you know, being able to go to the store and buy a DVD that has, you know, the, 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 the cage match between, you know, Carrie Von Eric and Ric Flair on it or something like, you know, it's just like, it, it's kind of mind blowing to think that all of this is, it has kind of led to where we are now with streaming, with content like this. And, and yeah, there's just so much. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you pay 10 bucks a month and, and you're barely going to be able to scratch the surface of everything that's there. And not that, not that anybody should try to watch every single show necessarily, but, but I mean, if you wanted to, I mean, that's up to you, but, but the fact that it's there and and that there's so such a a varied amount of of content and there's something for everybody. And, and I think that, you know, next weekend is going to be the same way. There's going to be something for everybody. Um, you know, it's not it's not a, a competition to see how many shows you can watch, but uh, I guarantee you that there's no way that you're not going to to find something that you like. Um, and and for you know for our game fans, you know one of the things that I wanted to mention too is if you just look purely at the card for uh, Have Fun Be Sad, uh, Violence is Forever, John Davis, Eric Royal, Myron Reed, AC Mack, Manders, uh, AJ Gray, JD Drake. Angelus Lane, all of these are people that have cards for Phil Sigur games. So we might not have everybody yet, yet. We'll see what happens. But for right <laughs> now, for right now, I mean, you know, you've got like half the card right there at your disposal uh, with game cards. And I think that, you know, that that's also half the fun is being able to have these game cards, see, you know, the, the wrestlers in action, and then, you know, come up with your own stuff and, and play the game and have fun. So, um, man, I, 
Dylan, this has been uh, an absolute blast. Uh, I, I'm, I'm keeping things PG. Otherwise, I'd use some other words to describe it. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've had so much fun talking to you. And I, I can't thank you enough uh, for, for joining us, for giving up your time, for, for spending far more time than, than, than what we initially uh, had planned out. Um, but it, this, is, this has just been awesome. I really appreciate it. Thanks for letting me come on. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I used to do a lot of podcasts. I don't, I don't really have the time to do as many as I used to do, but I still really enjoy them when they are conversational and fun. And when, you know, I feel like I'm learning things and, and still get to do my ranting and raving and filibustering as Dusty Rhodes would say. So, uh, I, uh, I, I, I'm very, very happy to have done it. And I would love to do it again in the future. If it, if it, if it ever comes up again, and it, I, would, I would love to chat with you guys in the future. Yeah, that's that would be wonderful. I, I would love to do that too. You know, uh, hopefully with this partnership going forward, whenever that next set lands, or even before that next set lands, uh, we'd definitely love to have you back on, uh, talk more, maybe even go more in depth, uh, you know, specifically about, about the promotions that, that you work closely with, uh, or, or indeed, you know, run. Uh, and, uh, I just, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, this has been a great conversation, one that I've learned from, uh, you know, that that's raised my level of excitement for, uh, you know, checking out shows that I haven't seen, the ones that you mentioned, obviously, and of course, next weekend. So uh, again, uh, thank you so much, uh, Dylan Hales, IWTV, uh, SUP, Action, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Is anything else you want to plug? Uh, tell people where they can find you on, on Twitter or, or, or wherever they, they may, uh, the, you know, Death Valley driver video review um, message boards. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm retired from message board posting. I only occasionally <laughs> lurk at this stage of my life, but, but uh, definitely get your IWTV subscriptions. Uh, not only are you uh, helping me pay the bills if you get a subscription, but more importantly, you're going to have access to a ton of cool stuff. I mean, we talked a lot about stuff, a lot, a lot of stuff here and we barely even covered the first level. And of course, if you subscribe now, you get the showcase of the independence, which is great. You can follow IWTV on Twitter at Indie Wrestling. That's I-N-D-I-E Wrestling. Uh, that is the Twitter there. And you can follow me on Twitter if you really want to subject yourself to that at Dylan Waco. That's D-Y-L-A-N-W-A-C-O. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, look forward to having you on again sometime here in the future. Uh, in the meantime, take care of yourself. And uh, uh, yeah, showcase of the independence next week. It's going to be a blast. Man, Todd, I, uh, you know, I, I said it uh, uh, towards the end there and I will reiterate it. I'm keeping things PG, but there are yes. words that I used after we stopped recording with Dylan that describe exactly how much fun I had doing that interview and talking to him and listening to him. Uh, it was a great time. Just such a great time. Yeah. No, really interesting guy. And, uh, you know, I, I've listened to his podcasts, uh, for a number of years. He used to do the one for pro wrestling, uh, ponderings or weekly newscast, big fan of him there, just kind of his knowledge of, of the sport, and, you know, just, you know, his, well, you know, him wanting to, to just make the sport better and everything he's involved with himself with. And, you know, with IWTV that, you know, everything that he's helping with there, I, I've been very impressed. I've been a subscriber for a couple of years. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping now, you know, hearing about this and kind of seeing what's coming up this weekend to give people a try to maybe they want to join in as well and, you know, try out you know, some different, different uh, promotions that that's represented in the set we just released. Yeah, uh, I think that now is absolutely the time to, you know, give it a shot. 
um, it, it's, it's kind of mind boggling all the content you get for, for 10 bucks, you know, and, and, uh, I, I think that this coming weekend is going to be the best opportunity to get exposed to so much of the talent and, and so many of the different promotions and different styles that are being promoted. You know, one of the things that has frequently kind of stuck in my craw, if you will, is when, you know, fans, uh, will say things like, Oh, I don't like the style these days. And it's just sort of right. like, well, which style are you talking about? Because mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, there's, you know, a myriad of styles out there right now. There's not just one style. There's not one indie style. It's not one size fits all. Um, and this is a great opportunity to see a lot of different kinds of wrestling, uh, whether it's, you know, deathmatch wrestling, hard hitting, you know, kind of strong style sort of stuff. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of shoot style that, that, you know, promotions, uh, have been working, um, you know, and of course, you know, some of the kind of balls to the wall, high flying, you know, stiff strike sort of stuff that, that, uh, is a little bit more common that I think people get in their heads when they think of, of indie wrestling. So I just think it's a great opportunity to be able to check out a lot of different promotions, um, and, uh, see how inventive, uh, the promotions have kind of had to be like we talked about in, in, in that interview, uh, over the past year in particular. Um, I really like though, what Dylan had to say about the fact that it, even though this year, this past year has kind of maybe seemed a bit like the zeitgeist and, and, and we certainly are, are going to remember it as the COVID year that even before that things were already kind of trending this way for, for independent wrestling and for professional wrestling. And I think a lot of that, you know, really does probably have to do uh, with IWTV. I think that the way that, that, you know, we, we get it now, the way that we're able to consume it and see it has definitely changed the game. So, um, it was just, it, man, it was so much fun being able to talk to him. And I really look forward to doing it again uh, sometime here in the near future. Uh, but in the meantime, again, um, IWTV Live, uh, it's going to be your home for, for just, I mean, literally thousands of hours of content. And some of the cool things we're seeing, like hearing about like all the old Jersey All Pro and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So like kind the of wild side stuff. And, wild side stuff yeah like all the history of independent wrestling in there too like built up like even before we started doing indie wrestling sets like right. you know, we started you know we started hearing about something like oh we should start you know doing cards for these ones and and kind of seeing you know like even the you know 10 i guess maybe 10 years before we started doing you know our our sets there even before we started doing legend sets you know there's right. there's footage going back that far and, and whatnot it's it's really cool yeah. And, it, you know, it's interesting, too, because it, I think it adds uh, another layer of context for people that might only, you know, be familiar with like ECW, um, you know, uh, or, or stuff that's on the network. Um, you know, this is a great opportunity to kind of just add that that extra layer of context. And um, in a way, it really does feel a bit like a missing link um, from you know, the death of the territories to where we are today uh, are some of those independent promotions that operated in the nineties, kind of in the wake of the death of the territories. And, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, I, I think that it's really only now that we're really starting to be able to kind of have that perspective and contextualize it. And I think that it'll be really interesting to see what uh, the historians, if you will, do yes. make <laughs> of, of that. Um, because I think that there's a lot of interesting information to kind of be mined from it. And, and again, it's not a one size fits all thing. There's different stories to be told depending on where you are and when you are in, in that history. But, uh, it's great. It's great to think that, you know, there's, there's, there's stuff from, you know, 20 plus years ago on there. So, um, 
yeah, we look forward to being able to, to talk to him again and, and continue that relationship with IWTV. Uh, of course, if you haven't already ordered the IWTV uh, Indies expansion set is available now. Uh, some great talent in that set. AC Mack, Manders, uh, Joshua Bishop. Uh, you know, we didn't even really get to talk that much about AIW. Uh, we mentioned it a couple of times, but, uh, you know, what a great promotion. It's been around for, for years and years and years now. Um, you know, and that just scratches the surface. Myron Reed is in the set, a guy that I know that people have wanted for, for a long time yeah. on the indie side of things. And it's wonderful to see him in the set, uh, such a talented guy, but, uh, yeah, the, the, it's just, it's a great set, uh, well worth your time if, and your money. If you haven't already, uh, put your money down on it. And if you don't have an indie fed going, I mean, it's a great way to kind of start it up, you know, pick up the IWTV set, maybe pick up the best of, uh, of 2020 and yeah, best of 2019. Of recently, you have like all the top guys you'd want right now. Right. You know, the best of the tag team set. Right. Man, yeah, it's just some great stuff. I mean, you you know, you, you buy you buy like three sets, and you can start your own indie fed like that. So it, you know, if you if you're only doing legends right now, or you're only doing COTG, it just it's a great time and it's a great opportunity to get in and get some of the top names working in independence today. And of course, it it marries up perfectly with what IWTV has going on with the showcase of the independence this coming weekend yeah. and the opportunity to see that talent in action. Yeah, and we will be doing an IWTV tournament to kick off uh, the first day of the Road to Galacticon uh, that's com- that is coming up this weekend. So make sure you, if you want to be part of that, there is still spots. You know, sign up for that. I think you can sign up for that or the Legends tournament. Uh, I think we had uh, yeah, we have people for both, but still plenty of room for both. Uh, if you want to sign up uh, to be part of that and hang out, there will be prizes. Uh, even though there is no fee, so make you know, there make sure to to come for that too if you want to. If you're not sure if you want to participate or not, so get some pretty cool stuff hanging around. Uh, Will there be a controversy-inducing exclusive card this time there around? Might be. <laughs> there very well might be a controversy, but and there might be even. Uh, yeah, should, should I break the news right now? Uh, why not? That's what we're here for, man. I guess that's why we're here. <laughs> if, you're, if you're hung around this long, all right. On the, for the uh, on the first day, uh, we will have the Legends panel. At the end of the panel, we will have a small auction that'll be kind of uh, in preparation for a big, big auction this summer at Galacticon. Last year, remember we? Uh, I think we raised about two thousand dollars for the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, we want to break that this year at Galacticon. Yeah. That is that is the goal. Uh, and we're going to have our first part there is going to be a signed Nacho Barrera card will be auctioned off what? weekend. Uh, so if you want to be part of that, you know, come and definitely sign up for it. It'll be at the end of the panel there. We'll do that. And that'll be our first part of our donation to the pro wrestling hall of fame this, this summer. Uh, couldn't think of a better guy to kick it off than Nacho Barrera. No, uh, we might, maybe there'll be some other things as well, but I, I, I mean, that right now we're just promising that. But uh, uh, one thing I will say, uh, you know, there'll be other plenty more opportunities uh, to get some cool stuff this summer at Galacticon. And we'll tell you a little bit more about it uh, this weekend too. Oh man, that's so cool. That's so cool. I was actually reading, um, I think it was on the Facebook uh, AWA group um, where somebody asked the question of, you know, who, who are the best enhancement talents in the AWA territory? And um, the, there was there were some variations on people's lists. But the but one name uh, that was on just about every single list was Nacho Barrera. 
uh, Nacho Barrera, yeah. and, and I think Kenny J might have been the other one. Um, yeah. yeah, those those two uh, made just about everybody. I think we're list. gonna have to book Kenny J versus Nacho Barrera. Oh, one of these cons there, we're gonna have to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I hope it's, I hope it's like a, you know, I hope it ends up being like a that, 60 that, minute that's Broadway. Our plan, that's our plan, <laughs> our plan match in the whole like, you know, AWA territory tournament. That's like the first, that's like, you know, whatever, like uh, Austin P versus whoever, you know, small directional college there that gets to go in and, and face <laughs> Nick Bockwinkle in the first round. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to feed him the Bachwinkle. Oh man. Well, that sounds great. Again, uh, it's always a lot of fun. So if you haven't signed up, please do uh, join us. It'll be a great time. If you can't make both days, just make one. Um, and if you can make both, then it'll be, it'll be a blast. It'll be well worth your time. And of course there'll be, uh, lots of exciting stuff, some surprises along the way, some announcements, uh, art reveals, um, you know, all the, all the usual. And, and, and of course all the usual suspects will be in attendance as well. Uh, but uh, you know what? I think, I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing those bells. I'm seeing those lights. I think it's time to go home. What do you think, Todd? I think it is. I think it is time to go home. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for episode three of Roll Up. We will be back uh, in a little over a week. This episode obviously dropped early. We wanted to give people plenty of time to sign up for IWTV and check out the showcase of the independence running April 8th through the 10th, 14 shows, 15 if you count that other show that uh, Dylan mentioned earlier. And uh, of course, the new IWTV expansion set is available right now as well for purchase at philsingergames.com. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Apple Podcasts or hit that subscribe button on your podcast um, catcher whatever you're using. And, uh, of course, leave us that review. Uh, we love all the feedback that we've gotten on the message boards. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, make sure you're listening, of course, to, uh, the, uh, Filster Games fan podcast, uh, that Grant does. And of course the guys over at Uncharted Territory, uh, we love dearly and uh, had a blast hanging out for Corey's birthday, uh, last week. Uh, even if they did beat us to the punch and dropped early, those guys, what are you going to do? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) But thank you guys all so very much. And we will talk to you very soon.